It is Thursday, June 30th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy Podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Not Happy Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I mean, I think like both sides of the town, fans for both teams are like already in the dog days of summer, and it's not even July. Yeah, it's brutal out there right now. The good Reverend K. Fids. Yeah, I mean, one organization is about to continue their you know, mid-season fire sale. And uh, another is a team that has fans that are super disappointed that want their owners in the middle of the window to <clears throat> start a fire sale. So this has been an interesting juxtaposition the last couple of days, especially. Mm-hmm. And new guy, Mitch. What's up, Mitch? I'm having a bad week. And spoiler alert, <laughs> for the lifetime. Yo, coming out. I see new guys coming in with some fire. I like it. Uh, so as you can tell from that, blazing introduction we will be talking about the white Sox, uh our current feelings toward said white Sox. we'll sprinkle in some cubs talk as well and i got a really good feeling this show goes off the rails probably kind of quickly i'm gonna do my best to kind of keep it somewhat organized but yeah i don't know how this one's gonna go but that's why you're gonna stay tuned if you're watching us live please don't be shy jump in the comment section but all that being said let's tap this guy rebuild of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound on the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the As always, this show is brought to you by SportsMockery, SportsMockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, so you'll be the first to notified when Larry Garcia gets DFA'd. Uh, SportsMockery, SportsMockery.com. Make sure you download the app and turn on those push notifications. He's not going to get DFA'd either. Just spoiler alert. Larry's two, two more years on his DFA. The year's I have an article coming about coming out tonight about that. So you there go you to go. Sports Locker, you can see why he will not get DFA'd this yeah. year. The year is 2042. The White Sox <laughs> are ready to start a new season. The starting lineup comes out. Everyone that you watched growing up playing baseball's kid is now in Major League Baseball. And the starting second baseman for your Chicago White Sox is Larry Garcia. And starting at third base, Larry Garcia Jr. And it, we are stuck here forever. He's like the Udonis Haslam of the White Sox. Is he's yep. just going to be sitting on the bench in the dugout, cashing checks for years to come, forever. Like forever. by that time, Andrew Jones the uh, third right. is going to be like the big free agent, and the Sox are going to pass up on for Larry Garcia. Ken Griffey the fourth is going to be like <laughs> the new upcoming center fielder, ready to just destroy shit. Meanwhile, Brody Zawaski's going to get taken in the third round. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so sick of Larry Garcia. <laughs> um, I want to start with this, though. 
So this dude, and I apologize, I don't have your ad up. I'm not subtweeting you. I just literally just don't know where it is. Uh, tweeted out, why in the world would anybody be watching this Sox team? And a couple, I don't follow this dude. I'm sure he's a good guy or whatever, but a couple people I do follow quote tweeted it, you know, some like funny remarks or whatever. Like I'm a glutton for pain, you know, like I hate myself, stuff like that. But for some reason it kind of hit me differently. And I quote tweeted it and I just said, listen, man, I have watched a lot worse White Sox teams than this one talent wise. Mm -hmm. I do think this is the most frustrating team because of the talent. You see where I'm going? Like, it's not a bad team. It's a frustrating team. And it's frustrating because they should be fucking good. And they're not. And also, I'm 38 years old. I've watched this team every year of my life. Mama didn't raise no quitter. You know, through thick and thin, I'm going to watch this shit. I don't know. Maybe I am a glutton for pain. Maybe I just, you know, maybe deep down I do hate myself. But You're masochist. Masochist, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Look at you with that vocabulary. Yeah, I'm a masochist, and I really think into what else do you have in that basement? uh, The bodies are all (laughs) over the place. Um, No, they're nowhere close to fun. Bad. We are. No, they're just they're angry. Bad. So far away from fun. Bad. It's not even funny. Like if fun. Bad was Sunday. We are Saturday morning or Monday morning. Like we are the farthest away from fun bad as possible but yeah and i think a lot of it is our own fault i think some of it is just the emergence of social media and you know the the hype trains are stronger and more powerful than they've ever been and going into the season the white Sox hype train was full gear like break the Mm -hmm. lever you're pushing it down so fast and i mean there was reason to you know, just even taking a step back and looking at it, but no one thought they'd be 35 and 38. They're 19 and 17 when they're not on the South side, they're playing like absolute dog poo on the South side. And that's another thing that we're going to get into here in a minute is the fan experience. Cause Mitch, you just went to three out of the four Baltimore games, right? Yeah. One of them was as a father's day present. And that was by far the worst gift I probably could have gotten. <laughs> I was going to say, why do you hate your dad, dude? <laughs> it was terrible. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jesus. Sorry, Mr. K. Fuck. Kid hates you, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just. I right, I guess if you guys don't mind, I'd like to just start at the beginning here. Okay. So where I'm going to start out at is not even with the team. It's with what is going on with this organization. And if you haven't listened to it yet, and you're listening to this, and you're you're whatever or listening to this on Thursday or watching us live. Don't do it while you're watching us live. Stay here, stay here, but listen to our good friend of the show, Josh Nelson's opening monologue for his Monday socks machine show. I said it on Monday. I respect Josh wholeheartedly. Like Josh is my guy when it comes to all things White Sox. When something happens, something breaks, something goes on, Josh is the first guy I go to. He's been here forever. He's established. He doesn't let his emotions take control of a lot of things like me and a lot of other assholes out there. You know what I mean? Like, Josh is very level-headed, one of the smartest baseball guys I know. He did not pay me to say this, but he did 
a monologue on uh, on Monday, and he was pissed, man. He was just mad, and for it was like when you're a kid and like your dad, who's never like shows any emotions, finally gets pissed off, and you're like, oh fuck, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, oh, uh oh, if you even got him mad, you're fucking up. And Josh was mad, dude. Josh was really mad, and of course he did his thing in such a way where it was really eloquent, eloquent, and he he didn't curse, he didn't you know get all fired up like I do and all this stuff. And it's something I'm I'm envious of of how he handles it. But the first thing he went at man was the fan experience. And now, Mitch, you go to more games than I do. I just I don't have the time. I don't have the bandwidth right now. So please feel free to chime in if I'm missing the mark at all here. So right off the bat, you have a, pro- a subpar product. I'm a sales guy. I've been a sales guy my whole life. So right now you're trying to get people to spend money on a product that's not performing to where expectations, no matter if you think they're realistic or what, isn't meeting them. Before you even get out of your car, you're dropping 27 bucks to park now. Okay? 27 bucks to park. And to even get into the stadium, for some reason... The guys at the 108, Luke, all those guys have written articles about this. They have not figured out these goddamn security lines yet. They're backing up into the parking lot. Okay? And as Josh pointed out, and I'm going to quote Josh, or credit Josh with a lot of this, if you drop thousands and thousands of dollars on season tickets, how come you don't have your own entrance yet? I mean, Fids, you're out on the West Coast. Don't all those ballparks out there got season ticket holder entrances? Mm, uh, not really. No, I, I mean, saw one in San well, Francisco. you know I what? Saw, in, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if you have the boxes, for example, like I mean, at an Aviator, yeah, they have that on the south side. Yeah, they have that, but that's a different entrance. But no, I mean, if you're a season ticket holder, no, there's it's it's every uh person for themselves. I don't even think that there's a season ticket entrance for the Golden Knights. I don't think there's a season okay. ticket entrance for I just know Raiders. Josh, Josh cited a couple parks, you know, that do have that. What a great idea, though. Why not reward the people that are loyal to the soil that are dropping thousands of dollars on your team every year with something as simple as you can go in this door? Well, I think part of the problem is, too, they're one of the few ballparks that only open 90 minutes beforehand. Most stadiums open about two hours beforehand. So a lot of the times people get there early to tailgate and it just bottles up because yeah. they don't have fans in early like most stadiums do. That's fair. I mean, that, but to me, that's just that's unacceptable. I those lines, the pictures for those lines. I mean, here we are at the end of June. This is Savo, go off in the chat, man. But um oh here you go. Perfect. Our boy Savo. And I'm saying that right, right, Fitz? I'm not butching the guys Swole. name. Svo. Swo. Justin. Swole. Our boy <laughs> Justin says in the he's from he's a Florida boy. Marlins Park, dedicated season ticket holder entrance, eight dollar parking. Lockers outside for people that bring bags instead of just telling them you're fucked. Go back and put that in your car or get rid of it. Uh, staging area to meet the players. He met Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara. That's cool. I mean, I get, you know, South Florida, they're struggling a little bit more than the South Side of Chicago. It's not the same market, but um, something simple like that, man. Just get to see the home team take BP. But to Mitch's point, one of the experiences on the South Side is the tailgating, the culture, all that stuff. So they're trying to encourage that. But then they pull shit, which we like to refer to as getting Reinsdorfed. And that's when everybody who literally has any form of technology, you can have a fucking flip phone and you know it's going to goddamn rain. 
but they still open the gates and then they trap you in the stadium for three hours for the delay and then they start the game. I mean, they're literally robbing you. I mean, you don't have to spend money, but I mean, no one's going to just stand there for three hours and stare at a tarp on a field. You know what I mean? It's just like White Sox are notorious for that. Unbelievable. And I mean, it's not cheap to take a family of four or a family of three for that matter to a baseball game right now. And this leads back to the product on the field. My biggest issue, and this is where we're going to kind of open it up. I just had to get that opening out of the way. But my biggest issue with this team right now, it's not that they're not hitting home runs. It's not that they're losing games at home. To me, to my eye test, to what I see on TV, to what I've seen when I've gone, I actually gotten to go to a couple games, all this stuff. They just look fucking dead, man. They look dead. And I'm not saying it that they don't care. I'm not questioning their professional attitude. I'm not questioning their dedication to the game of baseball. I'm not questioning any of that stuff. I'm just saying right now, they look dead, dude. Absolutely dead. I mean, are you guys seeing that same vibe? Am I, am I on, a, on a limb here? Or? I think I mean, you see a little bit. I think you're seeing it, but like you see last night. Last night felt like like it was a jamboree at the buffet, man. It, it, you know, it's it's a long grind, and these guys have been in a dead zone for a bit. So you do see that. You see guys going through the motions. I think a lot of times too. I think it starts. It's a weird. It's a weird pattern, but I think it starts with trying too hard, and then yeah. once you've run out, once you've once you've burned out that that energy, that extra energy that you're throwing out there to make up for it to try too hard to overdo things to overthink things then you get to a point it's almost like the the stages of grief right you get you know you have one stage to the next stage now they've gone past trying too hard and and making mistakes because you're overdoing things like overrunning a stop sign trying to do too much trying to take a too big a league getting that extra half step you know on a lead getting picked off or you know maybe maybe trying to play through something that maybe you should have just taken the out whatever it is trying to do a little bit too much then that kind of transcends into the next the next stage which is i'm gassed I used all that damn energy to make things better. And what did I get more poop on my shoe? And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden the, the doubt creeps in and, and you start going, it becomes a job for a little bit. And these guys, I think it feels like a job right now. They're playing work ball, not play ball. And it's a big part of what drives this team. This team is 100% a team that thrives on energy. That's what makes Eloy such a great you know locker room guy. That's what makes Tim Anderson. These guys are high octane type players. And uh, you're seeing them right now. They're just they hit that low point where they basically just the, the tank was empty. Well, and this All Star break is a is going to be a nice break for them, I think, for everybody to kind of take a time out, get a couple of days off, and just reset, go again. And optically too, so they have so many injuries that like five of their regular nine starters have been told by the trainers, don't run hard to first if it's a routine ball. Which I get, like that's not uncommon for teams, but to have five of your nine doing that, and then if you're the other four on the team, like that effort's contagious. So like you see all like these guys like Tim Anderson dogging it, you hit into a routine grounder. It's like, well, why the hell am I gonna hustle the first? There was a ball hit a couple days ago. Who hit it? I think it was Robert. The guy dove and missed it, and it should have easily been a double. But because of that, he's on first base, and it's little things like that, not taking the extra base, base running things that. Cost you game. So I get it from the medical perspective, but it's it it just looks bad optically too. Abreu almost got punched the second last night on a yeah. ball that he hit off the wall. Like I mean, I mean the guy made a perfect play. It was a perfect bare hand feet, you know, off the off the wall into the in, in the tube. But I mean it was six inches from being banged out at second. I mean, I know they were up already at that point. And he was but that's even something coming off coming out of the box. They're these guys and honestly, when you're trying to set a good example, I don't think you have to worry about like Andrew Vaughn. But I do think that it I think 
it just it is weird for some of the younger guys to see because the younger guys don't get it yet. Why is this old dude not just busting his ass? I mean, if that dude just busted his ass down on that you know random ground ball to short in mid June, why should I? And I think it, it does have a little weird effect to those guys. And I think it's it's really hard, and it's and it falls on the coaching staff to make sure that the the dudes that have earned it earn it, and the dudes that haven't haven't. And and there is a differentiation. Abreu should be able to do that. Um, whereas a guy like Vaughn or, or Luis Robert have no damn excuse unless they're being told by the trainer to obviously pop it's back above a average. Bit. It's above average. Um, that, I heard that's, huge. I heard yeah, that's yeah. huge. Um, but yeah, this team without a doubt last year and even the year before that at its best is when they were loose in the dugout. Like, and that's, I mean, I don't think that's, you know, some insane manifestation that I just like, teams play better when they're having fun. I mean, they tell you that when you're three years old playing soccer, you know, like it's just right now you see these guys, they strike out or ground out or whatever. They go to the bench, they sit down and don't talk to nobody. There's just nothing. They, I mean, they, they, that yeah. Baltimore series. That was a kick in the nuts. That was brutal. It was a, it was a, it was a fucking, it's... someone wound up with a steel toe boot. <laughs> And just fucking I'm going to let Mitch go throat. right now for a bit because he was at those first three games that they lost, including that uh, the Friday bullpen game when they got one hit. Uh, but just like watching from TV, I mean, comparing both teams, the Orioles, obviously they came in with like a worse record. Like, yeah, their pitching has been a little bad. Not after that. Uh, their pitching has been like solid this year. But regardless, the White Sox have more talent. They're the superior talented team on that field. However, if you... Uh, I think Lawrence Holmes uh, and Dan Bernstein, they said it perfectly on Thursday or, or it might have been like on Friday. If, uh, you know, if you just had a scout out there and like, you know, he didn't know the expectations for both teams. And if you would have just said, look at how these guys are playing these couple of games, obviously a short sample, you would have been like, oh, the Baltimore Orioles are like, they're the World Series contending team, not the White Sox. You have like one team making all these plays in the outfield. Uh, running the bases hard, stealing bases, and then you have the White Sox who are lifeless out there. That, that, that's that's just the word. Again, I'm never going to question a team's an individual player's right. effort or team effort team wise because obviously they're good enough. They made it to this level that yeah, sometimes right. they aren't going to run it out, and it's fine. I don't I don't like it when you guys try too hard. That's how you get hurt. And again, how Mitch brought it up, half the half your fucking lineup right now is being told, hey, you can ease off. Which honestly, you can't again, you can't blame them either because they're just for whatever reason are more susceptible to these leg injuries and hamstring injuries. So yeah, you don't want them uh uh going 110% or whatever. But like yeah, I mean the word is just lifeless out there. And it's, even it's the Angels game against Noah Syndergaard, Noah Syndergaard like has been okay this year. He hasn't been he hasn't been the dominating pitcher that he was his Looks first like couple of years Ryan. with the Mets. And like they no had their chances against him, and they again just couldn't come through. And, and as you're, we're coming again, up you're not going to have pitch, any fun when you're not getting any. Yeah, hits. you know what's not fun? Coming up to first pitch, it's Otani versus Kopik. Otani's been, he's coming out, I think, what was it? It was his last appearance, right? When he, yes, 13, 14 last. strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and what happened to the dinger chain, like the big chain they had when they hit home runs? I mean, the thing would probably. <laughs> have cobwebs right now yeah. but i'm just saying like they they just lost like everything that made this team fun like 
the open jerseys and the chains and the fucking, you know, the whatever hand motion that is that they used to do when they got on base and the rev the engine shit and all that other stuff. I think like before they're just, they're, they're just dead, dude. No emotion whatsoever. Coming into the Angels series, I think the previous week they had more sacrifice bunts than than home runs, two to one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking fantastic. I mean, it's just and it. It was yeah, that was rock bottom for them. Like they, they yeah. scored three runs in 27 innings against, against the, the Orioles. And I don't care that the Orioles are better than everyone says and whatnot. They're a rebuilding team on the road. And the White Sox had a pretty good, like pitching wise, they had the advantage in every one of those games. It, it, to me, that was like one of the more frustrating games. It was such an indictment on Rick Hahn and Tony Larusa too. Just the way that team was put together. Like Tony, I'm so frustrated with at this point. And look, I get that he gets the brunt of the criticism fans probably more than he deserves. Like he's going to be the scapegoat. He's taking the majority of the shrapnel. Does he deserve all of it? No, they're hurt. I get it. He has to start two corner outfielders or the the guys in the corner outfield that are first baseman. So it's not all his fault, but the the evidence is there at this point that he's not a good manager anymore. Like there, the biggest indictment I saw was Saturday's game. Lance Lynn's pitching. He's coming off an injury. He's one of the most important guys in your rotation. He's been a workhorse. He had the knee thing. He's just coming off a of surgery. And the, the fact they left him in 110 pitches is like malpractice. That's number one. Number two is you're paying Joe Kelly all this money. One of your biggest free like free agent acquisitions. He hasn't pitched in three days. And he's sitting in the bullpen in the biggest moment of the game. And Tony's like, oh, well, we're saving him for the eighth inning. Why? And that's why you see Jose Ruiz warming up. And as soon as that happened, it's like, well, this, this game's over. So like that to me was horrendous on top of all the other stupid stuff he does it's evident he's not he's not a good manager anymore it's so, it's terrible they, they, they despite the injuries like this team should be better than what they are like they, so, they should be at least five games over 500 at this point here's my thing with tony and i respect everybody's opinion on it and i get that some people think he sucks some people think you know he's good and there's other people to blame I don't deal in absolutes. I try really hard not to deal in absolutes. I think Tony is definitely to blame for some of the shit that's going on. I think it's, uh, and I'm not, Mitch, this isn't a shot at you. This is more at Sox fan. I think it's lazy to just say fire Tony and that'll fix everything. I don't think that's the case at all. And I I don't think you do either. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I, I don't think you either, but People get old, man. You know, like things pass people by. I think Tony is just a he's an fucking library of baseball knowledge. I think he has experience that's invaluable. I think that it's just I personally like a lot of things in this country. Think I'd like to see a younger guy give it a shot. You know, someone that wasn't you know eighty years old when we landed on the moon. But it's just. I don't agree with some of Tony's antics. I know Tony gets these guys. The biggest thing that's been bothering me with him, though, is after losses when he's like, oh, the plan was to go Kelly Graverman. Well, no, man, you got to adjust, dude. Your boy's struggling out there in the seventh, and I get you have a plan, but if you let your guy just sit out there and struggle in the seventh, your plan's shit. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, it's just that's what really drives me crazy when he does that. And I know he's come out, and he's just like, you know, I've never ran from criticism, so I'm going to take the <clears> – <throat> That, that that was cool like the first three times you said it. And now it's just like, all right, man, that means nothing. Like that and three bucks will get you a ride on the CTA now. Like it's just – I don't give a shit about that anymore. Just be fucking better, dude. Stop fucking with the lineup. 
have something consistent. And I know injuries are playing a part of that, but just, I just need top to bottom from this organization to just be fucking better. Oh, it totally. Just, so here's yeah. me, here's me like trying to talk, you know, what, what, what their plan is. These guys go in there again. You're, you know, a lot of people like to, to criticize the bullpen usage, but Again, this is him sitting down with his entire coaching staff, also probably sitting down with some of the, the front office individuals when it comes down to it. I'm sure he consults with Han a little bit too. They come up with who is available on a daily basis. They can calendar the stuff out based on workload and, and regiment and, and um, high intensity levels as well. These guys know when he comes in, and it's always usually written. If you look at a lineup sheet that's hanging, you usually know who's available that day and who's not. I mean, you write down, hey, first relief, second relief. Generally, guys know today you're you're, you're targeted to come in somewhere. I mean, Jason tells me all the time. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm targeted to pitch in the sixth today. As you know, if 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 we have a you know a three run leader more in the sixth, I'm coming in for an extended opportunity. He knows daily what his job is, and so they do calendar their stuff out. That said, it doesn't excuse the lineups that have been batshit crazy. And here's me right now. Whatever yesterday's lineup was. If he doesn't, and I haven't seen their lineup tonight, but if tonight's lineup doesn't look like almost a carbon copy of last night's lineup, then what are you doing? Because it worked last night. Let it go. Like you, you, you play a hot hand. That's you know. I mean, I'm superstitious. When a lineup goes out and scores like they did last night, I'm going to go ahead and hey. So tonight, dare you to do it again. Tonight you're going Ta, Moncada, Robert, Abreu in the Ford, Sheets, DH, and at five, Palak, Lurie Garcia. Josh Harrison, Reese McGuire. So is, is McGuire's the change of who did not, who got yanked, and then did they just Vaughn, shuffle? Vaughn did. Vaughn's resting Which, honestly, not a huge deal with issue with that. He's been – he's had a rough over this past couple of games, and Otani is good. So, you know, give him a day off, give him some confidence. Like, I have no problem with him getting the day off today. Yeah, he wore a little bit last night on uh, on social media. I was seeing a lot. I know a lot of jokes too. I know that like people was joking about how he sucks on the West Coast, and I was joking how that's my sock summer curse and stuff, whatever. <laughs> but I guess he went to the West Coast. If you haven't heard, um, but the the you know it, it, it he it's good to take it there. So that makes sense then. Well, then you know then that's not too bad. It's pretty much the same lineup minus Vaughn, and you just pushed everybody down one. Did he learn something, or is he? I mean, this seems like pretty prudent. He's basically other than Vaughn, who was nothing. He went over. He's got the entire same group from last night out there tonight in the same exact order minus Vaughn. So, I mean, that's, I mean, if this lineup hits today, if it doesn't, well, you know, 50, yeah. 50. Yeah. The other frustrating thing, Tim, we're talking about top-down organizationally too, and like Rick Hahn deserves, and I, I'm a big Rick Hahn fan, but there's a lot of blame to go around that you're in year three of a six year, five to six year window. And your biggest off-season acquisition, arguably, was Joe Kelly, who can. And I like the Joe Kelly pickup, but if that's your biggest off-season acquisition. That's kind of a problem. He can't pitch on back-to-back days. So, like, there's a red flag right there. The only Defense position player were, they spent money on was Larry Garcia. Like, and they were bad defensively last year. And they, the how do they, uh, what do they do to solve that? They they still got Gavin Sheets out in the corner outfield, the corpse of Josh Harrison. He's heating up a little bit, but they pulled him off of the scrap heap. Like it was a terrible, it was a terrible off season too. So like top down, like organizationally, like this is what it's a domino effect. You play it cheap, this is what happens. It's just Larry Garcia. It, it, oh my god! So day, I, I I had to like think about it for a second. I'm like, yeah, you know, Larry Garcia was the my big fucking mind. <laughs> Larry Garcia was the only that was their big money position player this offseason. Dude, that's Wait, like that, that reminds of like Daniel Descalso free agent signing for the Cubs. If Larry Garcia is used how he should be, like a bench guy, it's the occasional spot start. That signing is He's not great. that bad. If they nope. spend other money on other players, 
But like, also the part of the reason he's getting so much hate, Garcia, he's like he's not being used correctly. He has to play every day, partly because of injury injuries, which is also a lack of depth. So like, I mean, what do they expect? He's being used in six different positions, and of course, he's not going to be great defensively either. If you have to practice six different positions on a daily basis, you're not going to excel at any of them. But like, that's what happens. You don't get any depth, and Yuri Garcia is in the lineup every day, and this is what you get: a 190 batting average. We never sold this shirt, but we were the first podcast to bring up that people do forget. Uh, Larry Garcia had more hits than Mike Trout in 2019. This shirt, yep, and this shirt, new shirt, new, new shirt, shirt, just working on uh licensing. That's, yeah, <laughs> um, I new just, shirt, it, and so that goes down. And then when you're approaching a season and your fucking strategy, and I'm sorry, this is definitely going to get us a mature rating this show because I'm just throwing cuss words out like crazy but your fucking strategy going into a season is don't get hurt which i don't give a shit what they say that's what they were banking on this year and then here we are at the end of june and like mitch said what is it five out of nine of your projected starters are all fucking hurt or can't run because they are hurting you're an asshole not even go into the season like that you're an asshole add in an asshole Add in how, like, your two major free agent acquisitions, which were relief pitchers in Kendall Graven and Joe Kelly. Can't go back to back. Those guys, like, can't pitch more than three times in a week, apparently. You're an asshole. I mean, no, even in their win last week, they had Davis Martin in the eighth inning in a clutch situation, and then he got sent back down two days later. That tells you all you need to know about the depth on this team. And the bullpen was supposed to be a strong suit, too. Yeah, Everyone's hurt. They can't pick back-to-back days. It's super sad. pun, super pun. And even know? like, did 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 Joe Kelly pitch in that blowout on Tuesday? Uh, no, he pitched. Well, the pitching uh, Sunday last night. He pitched last night. Oh, he yeah. pitched last night. Like, yeah. why was he pitching in like a seven run game? I don't know. And because <laughs> he was on, well, no, you know why? Because he was on the calendar to pitch that night. No, and he had no, to get his but, see, that's the thing, Kevin. That's fucked up. You had the situation. You have you have your high leverage guys. I get it, guys. Get, there are guys that can't pitch back to back days, uh, whatever day. Maybe he wasn't feeling right that morning. I get that. And then, but then you get into these situations where, like, shit, a guy hasn't pitched in five days. We need to get him in because he's going to be rusty. So, what happens to tonight if it's Wednesday night? Sox are in a close game. Fuck, we can't use Joe Kelly. He pitched uh, last but look, <laughs> but, 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 it's also, You're also dealing with a guy that's been hurt, though. And so, they also have to have some sort of protective medical plan. So, perhaps the plan is hey, yeah. you're going to go Sunday, what, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, shut down. We've got a plan that's going to actually get you healthy enough to extend you so that you can actually go back to back. You, you're, you're, you're assuming that this guy's been pitching since, since May or March. He's not, he need they need to create the routine with his body by it. Maybe it does look shit right now because you know, it is, they have to play by the, the, the chart as opposed to playing by the gut, which is right now what's best for him. What, and what's best for the white Sox is that Joe Kelly is doing what he normally does with exactly what his body is ready for when it matters, deeper in the season, late. And, and right now, he's just catching up. I'm sure that they, this is a medical plan that says, look, we're trying to go, you know, like they're going to become, become a day where they're like, all right, we're going to go back to back with you, but then we're going to shut you down for three days. And so, you know, you're going to get up, people get upset about that too. But the whole point is back to back, come back, sit three days, back to back, and then you're getting your body 
again, reaccustomed and reacclimated to that kind of usage. It is exhausting. Look at Shreve right now. All I hear from his texts are, God dang it, I'm fucking sore. That's all. The first thing I say, how you doing, buddy? Sore is, is the first text I get like, every night, even tonight, even though he had a rough night last night. First thing is not shitty. It's sore. These guys are banged up. So like they do have to train their bodies this way. And you get that luxury during spring training because nobody gives a shit. But right now it's in the middle of a, 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 the regular season. It's hard for that people to just understand why that 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 plan is so vital and integral. You can you could throw Joe Kelly out there when you need him most, but then Joe Kelly's gonna more than likely lose what he's got later in the season because his body is slightly altered from the plan that was gonna actually be effective to build his body and his endurance and his and, and the routine up for him to be a back to back guy, especially in the postseason when you might need a guy to go two games, three games, maybe even pop into four games in a short span. So they're trying to get him ready, but it, it's hard to do it midseason. It's it, and it's well, hard to explain it. And it's hard for patience, and that's a hard thing to kind of handle. That, that's a fair point, and the perfectly said. Even if you don't use Kelly there, the fact, Mister Analytic, oh, I'm walking Trey Turner on a one-two count <laughs> because the analytics say so. He brought in a guy at the biggest situation of the game, the bases loaded, that has a two-one-three-five WHIP at home this season. He's allowed 21 hits and 16 walks and just 17 innings of work in Jose Ruiz. You literally brought like they, they could not have picked the worst guy out of the bullpen to put in in the most important situation of the game. So unless, even if you don't use Joe Kelly, the fact that you put in Jose Ruiz is managing Mal Pratt. Unless the numbers show that he's had success against the guys that he was slated to face. We don't do you, I mean, do you know that he was put out there because blankety blank is hitting 112 against him in his career and 34 at bats? Like, I mean, he, I mean, there's got to be some, there is rationale when these guys put these lineups together and they do look at guys that are going to be late game replacements and guys where they're going to be at the order when the lineup turns over based on, you know, projectables. They knew Ruiz, if Ruiz is going to face, you know, if we have an opportunity, we want Ruiz to face seven, eight, nine tonight or six, seven, eight, because his numbers against those, that little chunk right there are fantastic. They do know what those matchups are. This is, I mean, these guys aren't just popping up to the ballpark and just kind of throwing guys together. They know who, they want to throw guys. They're, they're looking for those matchups, and if that matchup plays in, it rolls out that way. That's when he goes with the guy that rolls into that because it's the situation dictating. Hey, all right, we're starting a clean inning with six, seven, eight, and look so, at his numbers against six, seven, and eight. Well, I don't know. I think. I mean, that's Tim what I'm Anderson, thinking. Tim Anderson just went down 0-2 against Otani, who's pumping a hundred on the hill right now. <laughs> and then he got he took a ball, and then he just took the fourth pitch, nice, smooth inside out, contact swing, base it to right to start the game. Fuck! Oh. Did the White Sox miss that shit? They like, pushed Mercado to two. Oh, well, actually, just, so if you look at the numbers, uh, Sox kind of better with Danny Mendick. No, <laughs> just no. <laughs> that's just that's just a hard no. All right? I know is I mean, that's just the right. I mean, if we're talking analytics, look at look at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not a truther, and I will not support that theory. <laughs> so then the other thing Tim that Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is going to go down as like one of the most, just one of the most, um, best he's stories consistent. in baseball history. And he's consistent. A guy who, again, first like I think first three like full years in Major League Baseball was a bad hitter, bad. To mm-hmm. he's going to go down as one of the greatest hitters of his era. Amazing. Yeah. So those first three years, though, I mean, he signed on the dotted line for that seven-year deal. He fucking. That's right. Yeah, he, you know, but the other thing that just, uh, I got into the point where I'm just like overly frustrated with this team. They're interviewing Johnny Cueto after his start on Tuesday. 
And after he gives up three home runs in a row, he comes to the dugout and he looks at the guys. He goes, hey, put the ball in the fucking air. It's carrying tonight. And like all these guys are like, yeah, that really. But it, it took Johnny Cueto to tell you that. <laughs> New hitting coach. New hitting coach. Yeah. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? Which, yeah, Mr. Mr. Frank Manichino, fuck the home run if you hit 300. And all these guys are batting in the low 200, which is, like, fine in theory, but they're all batting low 200. So right. It's, it's not working, dude. It's Yeah. Like I said with Tony earlier, I just feel like they're, like, fighting adjustments. And it's it's insane, dude. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how you plan on surviving in 2022. Like, you can't just have, like, here's our plan. We're following this plan no matter what. You can't do that shit can't do that shit anymore man you can have that plan it to be like you're like yeah we'll go off this like this is what we're this is like our core we'll just we'll play off this but it doesn't even feel like they're playing off it i feel like tony makes the lineups for the weekend like sunday afternoon and then that's it it's like what are, what are you doing man like it's brutally on it like brutally obvious that some of these guys like he's obviously struggling why are you batting him too I'm trying to get him going. That that ship has fucking sailed, bro. You are struggling to stay in the middle of this division. There's no more trying to get people going. You can't afford games anymore. No, you just put them. You, you need to bury them and, and hope they get going in that yeah. in the bottom part of the lineup. You're that, banging your head against the wall. I, I agree yeah. with you, Zoan. At this point in the season, we are now inching. We are now midway through the season in essence, and it's time now. Yeah. That the players play. Sailed. Egos need to shut the need, shut the egos down now. If Moncada's hitting like you, you know what he can do, but if he's not doing it. You obviously still want to have him in the lineup, but he's going to have to accept a drop down wherever it is because you're banging your head against the wall right there, and you're you're creating gaps in your lineup consistency that just you can't afford to have now at this point. You're, you're just, past the point of return. I you was can't. very very happy to see Mancata bang that double off the wall on Tuesday night. I needed oh, that. that. Was a missile too. Yeah, his, was missile. his his swing looks way more fluent than it did when he was trying to play through that injury. And for all the people, eh, he's soft. The dude's got an oblique injury, bro. Try swinging anything with an oblique injury. Like, anything. And, I, and I, as I say, he just struck out. But <laughs> that, was a, that was a good – it was a good at-bat, though. He saw, like, eight pitches. Shelly Otani's a stud, you know. We'll give him, on a, we'll cut a slack there. Wait, if you got this on, this, this splitter from hell, dude. 88 miles an hour after he just pumped him 98-98 up top. He threw him a low-and-away splitter. But anyways – if if Makata can come back and the swings are back and that's good, okay, great. Luis Robert looks like he'd rather be anywhere else on the planet than at the plate lately. And then he comes up on Tuesday night and just hit a, a fuck your mom home run. Like it was just holy cow did he pipe that thing. And hopefully we see a little bit better from him get going. But this is where guys like Lance Lynn and Jose Abreu and Johnny Cueto and I don't know if he's dead or where is he, but Yansmani Grandal. And like I was gonna like, is he I don't know where I think he's dead. Back? I think he's dead. Um these are the guys that need to like get around these young guys. Tim Anderson, you're not a young player anymore. You have all the pull in this locker room. They need to fucking get in these guys' faces and just be like, Listen, motherfuckers, <laughs> you don't get too many shots at this shit in this in this game. Like you get, you're on a good, if you play in a 10 year career, you're probably on a good team, maybe three years, maybe. And that, that's just like, Jose Abreu, he's exactly. That's what I'm saying. 
And so, like, it's shit or get off the pot time, man. Like, I have not given up on this team yet. I think they could still go on a serious run to close out the first – God damn, Otani. First half of the season <laughs> and then just go on a run in the second half of the season. But I do think – I know we talk about it a lot on the show and we joke around and we throw, like, as soon as I say the one word, I'm going to get Ian Happ from Yumper in the, the chat and stuff like that, which – Why would Ian you have Ian Happ is not a fucking yeah bad idea at all. But I'm just saying, like we joke around and like we throw out scenarios and all this shit. But like they need that's the problem we're facing. This is the conundrum here: is the White Sox need to make a move because they have positions of need, but they literally have nothing to fucking sell. Because anything that they have that they could sell is going to put them in an immediate hole at said position because they have no fucking depth. Mm. So it's. If only there were a crop of free agents this offseason that could have filled some of those needs. And we wouldn't have had yeah. to trade for anyone. If only. I think that's the most frustrating part, right? As a Sox fan, right. because here's the thing. The, like last year, overall, I think besides the this past offseason in terms of free agents and just not addressing either second base or right field and being like, yeah, I guess Gavin Sheets or uh, yeah, Larry Garcia, Josh Harrison. This uh, could sure cost too much. Uh, like the, you see the moves that Rick Hahn has done, like uh, trade wise, and like the C- the Caesar Hernandez trade when he did that last year, it was like it was a solid move. It just didn't work out, right? Nope. But, like at the time, I think the consensus, or at least the majority of Sox fans, were okay with it, right? Like, oh, you're getting like a switch hitting second baseman, good defense, some good defense, yeah. it's power, yeah. yeah. And just it just didn't work out, right? So like it and sucks. That so, like, a lot. But you like the process, right? But like yep. so like. I think those are the level of expectations you have to have again. And sometimes you just have to get lucky. I think we mentioned it a few weeks back. The Atlanta Braves, they, they just fucking hit like three for three. All those trades that they made for yeah, you know, Jack Peterson, Eddie Rosario, uh, Solaire. Uh, sometimes you just have to get lucky. Uh, but yeah, no, they obviously have to get a right fielder. Uh, I think right now, Josh Harrison's, I mean, fantastic month of June for him. So. Gavin Sheets routes in the spot. outfield makes me like want to be violently ill. Like, how are you a MLB player? And it's not even his fault. He's, he's not, not no, I was going to say, he's a first baseman by trade. But the routes he takes, it looks like, and I'm going to go to hell for this, but if you ever watch that YouTube video of that like blind and deaf kid that played football, like they put him oh, on the geez. field and he just starts running around. I want around you pull like it up, crazy. though. Pull it up. Let's and he all just starts <laughs> running around like crazy and shit. Like, that's what Gavin Sheets looks like when he's out there. I'm not even making fun of the kid. Kids got dealt a bad hand. This high school team, like, let him practice with them, and they put him on the field, and it's a YouTube clip, and the kid just runs around like crazy. And, like, Gavin Sheets looks like that when he's trying to run around to a fly ball. And it's just embarrassing, dude. I, like, get secondhand embarrassment for him when I fucking watch him run routes to fly balls. It's, it's annoying. You know what you call those guys? Magellan. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yes, he is very much <laughs> lost out there. And it's not Long his fault, though. It's not his fault. It's not even his fault. I like Gavin Sheets. It's not his fault. He's a first fucking baseman. Like Goodwin, good, uh, you're like uh, Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. It's not Honestly, even guys, There you go. Guys, Jose. the wrong routes like that end up leaving the entire roster on the Oregon Trail. So, um, ooh, there's another one. But oh, look at see Jose Abreu just got a base. Jose Abreu just got a base hit. He just looked over to the dugout, just a little. All right, he did that well, last night, by the way, after his double. He did the vroom vroom. And Jose, it looks like Jose lost the button on the jersey. Looks yeah. like he's, the chains are popping. Just went opposite field for a base hit. Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about, though. We need more of that. 
Well, I mean, what has he been doing lately? Let's look at let's look at let's look at some of these uh these Jose's hitting like three fifty one in the last thirty four games. Jose's in the trade Jose, is, Jose is not a problem. That's yeah. the thing. Hey, Abreu's hitting three twenty in June. Four jacks, fifteen RBI. You know, and right now, look at this hot streak. He's got since June twenty fifth. This is his hits by game so far: two, 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 five, and one tonight. That's yeah. a nice little stretch right there. Is the MVP waking up? Jose Abreu is not the problem, and they're not going to no. trade Jose Abreu. I don't know I, why that started one day. Oh yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up. So they're mean, not trading Jose Abreu. Two 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 three one. Two 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 three one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The massive uh, overreaction from some Sox fans being like, "Sox should be sellers." That's the trend. Like what? No, you are in the middle of your window. <laughs> that's not a thing either. They're not going to be sellers. I mean. There's no point in selling. No. Yeah, yeah, there's there's stock in like MLB hell right now. Like you can't be sellers, you can't be buyers because you got nothing to sell. And it's just again, if they like, let's say just theoretically they traded, I don't know, give me someone like uh, any position I mean, right now. Literally, they, they put themselves in a huge hole. Okay, wild pitch, runners on second and third, two outs. Gavin Sheets is up. Yeah, hopefully it's over. Oh fuck! I'm on delay, dude. <laughs> Mitch, just like nope, nope, nope. Five <laughs> out to the second base, and I'm calling it. See, here's here's the here, thing. here's, here's Zoda, uh, to to Mitch on that. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. But... <laughs> I think whatever big if the whites if like Rick Hans like fuck I need to like change I I don't think that's gonna happen until the off season. in terms no. of like if you're trading like an Eloy. Or a Mankata, like those are really your two big trade chips. Like that's not going to happen. Well, they. I hope they don't sell Montgomery, who just hit absolutely not. No, 37th no. game in a row of, of getting on base. But I'll give you if, all the Cubs starters for him. If uh, I, I like the closer Montgomery, I, I think Kevin. This would be like similar to like the Cubs did for Quintana in 2017. Because if you yep. just look at again, why why are Sox fans still remote? Like even. Uh, like any percentage confident that they're going to make the playoffs. The only reason is because the White Sox playing a shitty division. Yeah. So like, if I you am, look beyond I'm, that, I am seriously on this that, much of a delay. Do you have, do you have confidence that the White Sox are like, again, you, you, the goal is to make it to the playoffs and you'll have a chance. But like, how confident are you? Like, you know, this is like going to be one of the favorites. When the I favorite. still think they can make the playoffs. No, no, that, that's the thing though. But no, yeah. think beyond that. Because if, if like in 2017, when the Cubs did that trade, it was it was kind of short sighted and like the other frustrating part was like it seemed that one of the big factors in getting Quintana was because he had that team friendly deal and it was supposed to open the door for them to spend more, which they kind of did and then stopped. Um, but so in this case, if you do have like a guy that you can dangle out there for like a big piece, it's close to Montgomery. But like even if you get that big piece, do you feel confident enough that like this year you can win it all? I don't think they're one player away. Yeah, see that. I think that's what I think that's your question is are they one player yeah. away? I don't think they're one player away. And Gavin Sheets struck out on a check swing. He looked like he was fucking <laughs> ugh. But uh I thought I was on a delay, Mitch, when you're like pop out to second. I'm like, how am I on this much of a delay? No, I Holy just assumed he would pop out. That yeah. just seems to be what he, he does. Yeah. But um I do not think the White Sox player are one player away. And if I'm an opposing GM and the White Sox are starting to just float the idea of like Cespedes or Colas or Sosa, which I want to talk about Sosa in a minute. But I'm listening, dude, because the White Sox track record right now, they're like shallow hell. As soon as the prospect leaves the White Sox, they become a stud. Like you can start at Tatis. 
you know, and that's the one we don't Frankie need to talk Montas about. That was another one. Frankie Montas was another one. Uh, fucking Luis Gonzalez just won Rookie of the Month in May for the Giants. Like Marcus they Simeon, just, they just DFA'd him. Marcus Simeon, like the the White Sox, for all their faults about you know, oh they can't evaluate talent, blah blah. blah. They can evaluate talent. They just suck at handling it. And Zach Collins. No, wait, no, he still sucks. Zach Collins. Y'all made a good point there. No, like it, it's Tony. I, I even said it earlier. Tony's been bad, but like a lot of this season does fall on Han. One hundred percent. Tony's got the meat shield for it, but he deserves some of that flack. Just not not all of the shrapnel he's gotten. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I'm listening to the prospects. I think. I, right now, prospect wise, I think Montgomery's the only one that I would consider untouchable. Yeah, he's like this. Yeah, he's just. I probably here. would. I probably wouldn't move Oscar Colas just because he's so raw that I probably he's like Oscar Colas is a perfect example of a guy that they'll move quick, and then he'll come and turn into like a Tatis. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like because mm. you don't know what you have there. But I'm I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident as we know what we have in Cespedes. I feel pretty confident as we know what we have in Sosa, and I really. After thinking about it and them burning a year of eligibility for a cup of coffee in the majors with Sosa, I think that was a showcase. I really do. I think yeah. just, did he start all four games? One of the two bright no, spots on that two out of four. The one showcase. Run, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and honestly, like he put together a really what good kind of fucking showcase is that playing half the games? Yep. No, I know. Well that, that wasn't a showcase, that was just bad management. It was frustrating like, that he got sent down involved. It was frustrating that he got sent down too because, like, what do the White Sox do? Healthy bodies won and some energy. And he brought yeah. that ninth inning, put together a really nice at bat, drew a walk, and that was his first major league game. Then his first start, the one run they scored, besides that garbage time run the Saturday in the ninth inning, was because a heads up base running play where he hustled on a ball that the Orioles booted and he, he stole a run basically from them. So I, it would have been nice to see him in the lineup. A, a bit more, especially with Harrison after he just got hit with the pitch. I don't know why he felt yeah, the need gonna, to put Mario I was going to ask, who's, whose pictures does uh, Adam Hazley have of that he's still on right. his roster? I, I, I saw this tweet. I think it was this I morning. I feel like... It was like the only thing Adam Hazley's done is get Danny Mendick uh, a torn ACL. Right. I think Adam Hazley, the move was made, and I think Han got ripped to shit so much for it on social media that he totally reads with his burners. That he's like, no, I'm gonna fucking make you guys see that this kid's good, and he's just like trying to force it down our throat. And it's there's like, something going on with their farm system too, because look at the players on the roster that are good. They like outside of Jake Berger and Tim Anderson, they don't develop like anyone. All of their best players are coming from other people's organizations. Like their drafting has not been that good. Yeah, I mean, Luis Robert is not a draft pick. That's a that doesn't yeah international signing. Aloy's a trade. Uh, yeah, fuck. Giolito's a trade. Kopech is a trade. trade. Cease is a trade. Jose Abreu was like 28 when you signed him. Yeah, Grandal is a trade or a free agent. Very established. Lurie Garcia has been here since the organization started. So, <laughs> Sebi Zavala? So, Seb's actually been solid for him yeah. since coming up. I've been pleasantly surprised. See, I, I think it's a sham, but I'll take it. He's that's on that's the other thing I was going to mention. Uh, you know, we're talking about the injuries and. Uh, Obviously, that that's uh, you know a factor into why they've underachieved at this point of the season. But if you look at some of the guys who have filled in, like they've done more than enough. Oh boy! Of filling in of the guys that they got hurt or the guys that they replaced because of injuries. Like what Danny Mendick did in the absence of Tim Anderson was amazing. Yeah. 
what Sebi Zaval has done, he's pr- he's been producing more than Yasmani Grandal has. Uh, Jake Burry, look at what Jake Berger did when or has been doing uh, in place of Yohan Mankata. Hell, even Johnny Cueto is a minor league deal guy. He has yeah. eight quality starts already, which he's, I don't even know how it's like. Last he's been time. like, you know, like him and like C's and you know Kopech have been like your three consistent starters. Well, folks, White Sox are down one nothing after a leadoff base hit and then a Mike Trout piss missile into the left center gap. Mike Trout's still good. Mike Trout's still good, folks. Still By good. the way, it could be uh, Sox fans and then like even Cubs fans who are uh, sitting through a miserable season. Uh, you could have you could be the, an Angels fan, have two of the best players uh, in the world, and have a shitty team like the Angels. <laughs> that that tweet wild. that always goes viral. It's like you know Mike Trout hit a home run, Otani hit a home oh, run, oh. Angels down. That literally happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> that literally happened on Tuesday night. It's hilarious. It's just unbelievable. And uh, Trout just smoke. I mean, Kopik doesn't look bad. He's just missing. But, oh, the arm's bailing him out a little there. But Kopik doesn't look bad. I, I had a feeling that he was going to step up. You know, West Coast game against Otani. A lot of people are going to be tuning into this game just because of the Otani factor and all this stuff. And uh, I feel like Kopik's one of those guys that definitely responds to the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I felt like he was gonna come good, play good, but I mean, Mike Trout's just Mike Trout, and he just yeah. smoked that. And this is what happens with yeah. the, White Sox. the White Sox are absolute just dog water when it comes to runners and hitting with runners in scoring position. They just had a runner on second and third, and no runs. You know what I mean? It's just this is what bites them in the ass. And I'm, I don't think this game's over by any stretch of the word. Angels bullpen, Angels just pitching in general is shit. I don't know how long they're going to let Otani go, but he needs to get out of this. And now he has a runner on second, no outs, a 3-1 count to Otani, and I hope this just stays in the state of California. Yeah, well, there's a lot of little things that bite him in the ass. They were really bad with their bunt defense against the Orioles. I think they got to run off a wild pitch, too. Gavin Sheets ran him out of an inning one. They're terrible on the base path. Tim Anderson's getting picked off. The defense is terrible. We just talked about Gavin Sheets. There's a lot of little things they don't do well, which is very I mean, discouraging. We mentioned Sebi Zavala. Like, he's been doing great filling in, but like his base running and, and this Angel series almost got thrown out twice uh, at well, second base. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's my thing, and Fitz, I know this is where you'll, you're going to want to come in, but uh, – that's where I do blame Tony and his staff base running mm. standard errors, like on the field, like general, just decisions, bunt defense, holding uh, runners on, holding runners on. Like, I'm talking about little league shit here, man. Yeah. And, and that's you know, when it's, that's when it's the managers and his staff dude. McEwen with McEwen's the worst in major league baseball and getting guys thrown out at home. That's a problem. That's I think we talked about this in the chat too. I mean, it, you have to almost make a change when something like that keeps happening. You've got to shake something up because if you're not going to reel them back, I mean, the Cubs back in the day had a guy they used to call wave them home. Wendell. I always think yes, about that. Wendell Kim. Wendell Kim. Like it was like, it doesn't matter. Ground ball, to third baseman, waving him around, motherfucker. Let's go. Like, it's like, dude, relax. McEwing's doing the same thing. Maybe he needs to see it from a different angle too. Cause whatever. But what you say is actually, you know, it's, it's tough, man. Um, base running, I, you know, base running. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus more on the base running because it's not just a White Sox thing. It's the game. It's game wide, uh, and this is something that I feel very strongly about because I can say this as a high school baseball coach. It's not being taught that frequently, 
especially in the club scene, the club baseball scene teaches you nothing. It's roll the ball out there and you got talent. Go just showcase, hit the ball far, throw the ball hard. That's it. There's no real strategy. It's just, it's showcase yourself. There's no baseball strategy. So a lot of these guys are coming up and it's not the fault of the kids. It's the fault of the system that, that now is, is what players think that they have to do to become a great baseball player and get exposure, which is playing in basically the wild west of baseball where baseball fundamentals go right out the window and everybody's only looking at tools and nobody gives a shit if you play the game the right way. Whereas, you know, again, you get a guy like a Vaughn, you guys that actually go through. That's why I love watching the college world series. The college world series is perfect. You can see how fantastic the base running is because those guys, a lot of those guys are never going to, you're never going to see those guys written on a minor league lineup card, let alone a major league lineup card. They've got to get everything they can get out of what they have because they are not baseball prospects beyond college. And so they, they run the base as well. They do the little things they have. They take that extra step. They get proper leads. They do have first step back. They do crash right when they're supposed to. They know when to butt slide compared to when to dive. They know all the little things that you're supposed to know as a ball player because they're trained that way because they're trying to get the most out of what they have as opposed to being an elite athlete, which at the high school level, when you're an elite athlete, you get away with a lot more with a lot of programs than you would if you were just a dude that's just going to be a role player on a team. And, and, it, and it does, it trickles up. And so these guys are getting to the show. Baseball excellence on the base paths is years and years and years of training, conditioning, and working on the fundamentals. Our baseball practices consist of almost daily, minimum once, twice a week, base running, fundamental working workouts practices or whatever we work on well, base i don't want to right I have to know what just happened zoe's making sounds yeah, <laughs> uh little league fucking feel that what we're talking about huh little so, i mean it couldn't have happened at a better time so, yeah. so runners, that, that, runners on first and second oh. ground ball to abreu he does his job throws it to ta the runner kind of goes into ta so he throws the ball in the dirt gets behind copic mike trout comes in to score hey, so copic think- didn't have enough separation as well no. so then, yeah, that, that falls into it. That's again. See, here's here's the thing. That's not a that's a kind of a problem, but that's not as big a deal. It was a, it was a bad throw, but Kopik was in a terrible position to receive oh. the throw. And there, that's what we talk about here. Is one thing, base running is systemic because it, it it's something that has to be worked on for a dec, you know, almost a decade of playing the game minimum to be a good base runner because there's so many little intricacies and nuance in there. Where things like this, backing up properly holding a guy on. This is stuff that you need to be hammering home during spring training on a daily basis. And I know a lot of it, times, you know, you got some veteran guys and they let these dudes off the hook, especially I'm sure, you know, with the White Sox, you know, Tony Russo seems to be pretty more like players guy in that sense too. But these guys are, are making mistakes like that. Kopech's got to know he's got to position himself. He's got to give himself more depth. Sometimes you have a pitcher that doesn't even back up at all. I mean, Kopech at least got somewhere. I mean, some of these guys, I think I, I watched the game last week where I can't remember who was pitching. Uh, it, maybe it was Kopech. Was it Kopech that was sitting there picking his nose? Um, that uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was picking his nose, and the ball got away from third, and the runner advanced to second. And now all of a sudden, a base hit scores two instead of base hit scores one, and you got a double play in order to get out of a, of a. Whoa, my God, we've got somebody in the DMs. We're really excited. Thanks for joining us. Naked HD XYZ. We have more cheap sex than Tinder. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the show tonight. Zoe is not here for that. Unfortunately, don't worry. There are three posts in the chat for this. So, guys, definitely, you know, check them out. Everyone in the uh, chat, click their link. Uh, tell us how it goes. Is the site yeah. better than Tinder? God, what is more cheap sex? I mean, what is cheaper sex than Tinder in the first place? Hey, um, Naked HD XYZ, hit the DMs. Maybe we can do a partnership here, sell an ad. 
Yep, yep. I mean, we just, we just gave you a free one right now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, cheap, you know, <laughs> cheap, you mean cheap or inexpensive? I'm just trying to make sure you know inexpensive or yeah, like or, cheap, or cheap. like cheap, like dirty, like oh, a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. So like, how, like what? what Make some details. Oh no, yeah. but going back to Zoe's point about uh, you know uh, the little stuff going back to Tony Larusa, I think uh, the, the annoying part is like these things keep coming up, like every little facet of the game, the defense, the base running, the fielding. It's things that we saw with the White Sox last year, obviously throughout this year. At this point, that's just the Sox are just not a fundamentally sound team. They're terribly, they're a terrible defensive team. Uh, I, and again, yeah, Tony Rizzo gets some of the blame, but like I, I do, I not like to defend him, or but like it falls on the players. I think uh, I've been meaning to bring this up, but uh one of our uh, loyal listeners, Maddie Mitch on Twitter, I think he made uh, this point back in April talking about you know how much do, how much do managers matter in terms of uh, the day by day stuff for a baseball team and players. Uh, and he was making the point, you know, a team can win a World Series with a bad manager. A great manager d- doesn't really have a chance to win a World Series with a bad team, right? And he brought up um, uh, what the hell is his name for the Royals? Uh, Ned Yost. Ned Yost is, you know, when he was managing, was known to be just a terrible manager. Like, no, everybody just thought he was an idiot. He won a World Series in 2015 after going to the World Series in 2014. Why? He had a really good team. So, yes, Tony LaRusa does some, like, annoying-ass shit. Uh, the game probably is, you know, flown right past his head. Uh, but it's at the end of the day, it's on the players. It's on the players that are put on the field by the general manager. And uh, every other thing, like, oh, Tony didn't put this pitcher in. Uh, at the end of the day, players still have to get the job done, and they're not. And the injury stuff is annoying, but that's also, that's just part of their identity now. It's like, yeah, the White Sox they're, they're expect some injuries. That, that's just what they are. It's, it's sad, but that's, that's the reality of uh, the 2022 White Sox, or just this entire era. You go back, the White Sox have been getting injured since 2020. And that also goes going back. I feel like we're going in circles, but it goes back to Rakan there too. It's like, if you know, you have injuries. This is what's going to happen when your second line of defense is Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets playing the corner outfield, or you got Leary Garcia who has to play six different positions playing every day. Like you're going to have a bad defense. If you know you have a bad defense and you're injury prone and that's part of your identity, you know, may have helped to address that during the off season. But yeah, I don't know. It's... And like, and that and that's not even like, uh, oh, like yeah, you're saying it after the fact. Like everyone's been making the the 108 uh, meme of uh, you know White Sox plans just to stay healthy. Like this has been a known thing for years. The depth has always been an issue, and when you don't address it, you're gonna have to rely on guys who aren't used to stepping up on an everyday level. And this is what you get. You get well, Larry yeah. Garcia being your leadoff hitter hitting 190. <laughs> And to answer Yum's uh, question, by the way, 100% looking up that porn link, link right now. Uh, <laughs> so Sorry, I'm look, back. I, I needed a little. I need a little alone time with uh, Naked HD XYZ. Uh, yeah, Although I went to the site, we, I've got an answer to your question. It's definitely cheap sex, not inexpensive sex. Um, oh, okay. I've never seen anybody do that with a flute, but mm. I well, American Pie. Too. One time at band camp. Yeah. Oh yeah, that um, one time at band camp. Forgot about that. All right, Kopik gets out of the inning, two hits, one unearned run, one earned run, two nothing angels after one. Jesus. Oh, it's 
He playing tonight? I thought he was batting eight. Who? Wait, oh, what? <laughs> Nothing. Naked no HD. Oh, Jesus. Naked HD XYZ. So what are you oh, guys no. getting mad at when I left? Because I want. Uh, no, we're just be- we're begging oh, up no. your point. Uh, talking about just the, fundamentals. How the White Sox are just kind of a dumb baseball team. Yep, and it, I think it is also, and we didn't touch on this part, though. I do think it's a byproduct also of some of these guys jumping a lot of the levels as they're coming up through the system. Because, oh, here they come again. Oh, back at it. Back at it. Uh, one time, 18-plus dates. So only one time, not two times. But there is a water symbol. So that's interesting. Um, but you've got these guys that, that – That's not, that that's not skip, water, Kevin. <laughs> skip the developmental part. Of some of the you know in the squirt bushes, pee, it, guys. Wait, I need your opinions. Let's go. Let's go around the room. Is squirt pee? Oh Jesus! Uh, I don't know. Kevin, this, what this, do you think? Is squirt just pee? Although from the clouds. Uh, I mean, we're def- talking about the water emoji. You just said now, it's not water. Now we're getting uh, definitely getting that MA rating. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like is, is squirt just bush light? What is it? I think I you know, know damn well what it is. Yeah, in a perfect in a in a perfect world, it would be Bush Light. No, that would be down there all night long. That'd be a solid motivator. <laughs> um, my jaw would be all unhinged. But anyways, uh, <laughs> this show's fun. Uh, I got an answer for you, by the way, Aldo. <laughs> the present data, based on ultrasonic bladder monitoring and biochemical analyses, okay. indicate that Nerd. squirting is essentially the involuntary emission of urine during sexual activity. Although I, a marked contribution of prostatic secretions to the emitted fluid often exists, so it's not just pee; it's prostatic secretions. So mm. also part pee. That's why, that's why I was asking the question. Yeah, that's yeah. why you really turned tune into the show, not to listen to us bitch about the White Sox for medical yeah. information. I mean, we're, we're answering the important questions that are uh, this. Is, so, <laughs> in other words, guys, goggles on, mouth closed. All right. Don't you, you can, don't you go drowning on us. Um, pretend it's Bush Light. Uh, all right, back to our regular schedule. Apparently, CHGO and uh, Josh and the 108 guys are all doing watch parties too right now, so this is fucking hilarious. But um, it's, we it's can not, do a watch party of a naked HD. It's just not. It's just not fun, bad guys. I'm not. I'm bad. not. I'm not enjoying the ride. That can we talk? Let's talk about that. Steve Stone needs to fucking relax, man. Oh man! Uh, I am going to preference. Come on, Kevin. No, no, no. No, I need to. I I don't care, dude. It's gotten past the point where he gets the benefit of the doubt. If 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 back in two thousand, what year was he not with the Cubs anymore? If back like in two thousand twelve, if Bob Brenly was on Twitter telling you, "Hey, dude, shut up." I mean, Relax. I know Steve Stone is. If he was telling, if, if Bob Brenly was telling, if you were, if you said anything uh, critical about the team, Kevin, and Bob Brenly at the time, Cubs announcer, was on Twitter responding to you like, "Hey, calm down or get the hell out," you wouldn't get mad. Uh, probably not, actually. But oh, look, you, I mean, people are getting pissed off at Steve Stone because he's telling them, "Look, if you're not enjoying this shit, take a time out." Like this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Steve Stone telling everybody, he's if this isn't fun, like don't, well, of course not. He's also having some no, fun. This condescending yeah, Steve Stone way of talking. Yeah, he's, just, he's, of course, he's going to be a fuck. But hey, how about this? How come everybody else can troll, but when Steve Stone gives it back? Because people, Steve, they troll Steve Stone constantly. How about he gives it back a little bit of trolling, and now everyone's going to get butthurt about it? Like, fucking toughen up, Buttercup. He's allowed to troll. He's not trolling. 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 He's not trolling.
he's being so the thing about the puppy dogs and like taking walks and enjoying your meal and talking about it was some hundred percent sarcastic trolling he's being I mean, like i guess it's all about how you interpret it because you, you you see it I'm, I'm on a logic end i'm not I'm, well i'm not upset about my i'm not upset about the socks so everyone's pissed off about the socks they're not really they're reading what they want to read your boy morale just hit a fucking home run beautiful yeah, everyone's lighting it up right now i think the cubs are about eight to nothing seven to one um, my thing goes, is like dude you you guys all know me by now one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone tells someone how to be a fan i hate that shit and if Steve was just like, guys, I think they're going to be good. Like, I still think they're going to be good. I still think they're going to be good. Just it'll be all right. It'll be all right. That's one thing. But like this team more than warrants criticism right now. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's not like uh, it's not like he's the announcer for the Yankees. The Yankees like have won like 60 something games. And like if they have a bad loss or like after that no hitter. It's not like it's that situation. It's the White Sox very, have woefully underperformed. And fan short for fanatic. They're not going to yeah. be rational. I dropped a couple hundred bucks watching that public humiliation known as the Baltimore series. And then I got to come home and say, Oh guys, enjoy the ride. Like shut the yeah. hell. Up. <laughs> and I get that. And I, I'm like, that's, the, I am... that's, the, that's the comment that you drop. And then you fucking duck. That's, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Right now is synonymous with, Oh, you chose death. Did you? I am a big Steve Stone fan. I think he's a great at what he does. I mm-hmm. think he is probably one of the most knowledgeable fucking Guys yep. in the booth across baseball. The no man, doubt. Since I was a child, would be like, "Oh, here's the two-one pitch. He's gonna bust him with the slider, low one in, and it just boom every time." Like Steve Stone taught me about pitch strategy. He taught me about you know like how to work counts. He taught me about what pitch selection, all that stuff. I love Steve, man. I love Steve Stone, but he needs to fucking take a Xanax or something. He needs to calm the fuck down, dude. Like, he's not. But he's not upset. That's the thing. Everything no, he's, he's doing at others at calm. fans being upset. He's calm and logical with everything he's posting is like posted like he's not doing it out of anger. Like I can guarantee you the dude's like posting it with his tongue. Like it's like <laughs> But he's always been like that. And Beef Loaf with the great pull pulled it out of uh what's his face's book? Um the old Orioles manager, the little dude that got all pissed off all oh, the time. Yeah. Earl Weaver or Earl yeah. Weaver's book. Yeah. There's uh-huh. literally a page in Earl Weaver's book where he's like, I had to sit Steve Stone down and tell him he fucking sucks. And he could either listen to me and keep or and not suck, or he can keep doing his own thing and keep being shitty. And after Steve has a lot of selective words for me, he finally started listening to me and he stopped sucking. But it's just that's just like I love Earl Weaver, by the way. The dude's <laughs> fucking hilarious. But it's just kind of like how Steve is, but I get that he's a public figure on Twitter. He probably gets it from all different angles, like more than Naked HD XYZ. Like he's getting it from <laughs> all different right. angles. But <laughs> he needs to just, I feel like, I mean, I guess he's at an age where he just doesn't give a fuck. That comes into play too. But I don't know. I just, I know he doesn't care. I know the way he went out with the Cubs, he told them to basically go scratch. He just doesn't give a shit about any of that, but like th- that's the weird part, because like so like back in that happened in two thousand four when the Cubs just melted down in the final month of the season and lost the division, and like he was calling out the Dusty Baker, the players, the like the levers not getting the job done. Like that that's what Sox fans are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like and you're telling him to like calm down, take a chill. <laughs> like that was you, dude. Yeah, you were doing that. They're literally doing what you did. Uh, I don't know. I just. I mean, and it's so weird to see how much of a polar opposite he is than Jason Benetti. Benetti. 
Like Jason is a man of the people, plays the people. Jason Benetti hates Toby Bruce. <laughs> Jason Benetti, but he also keeps it a hundred all the time. You know what I mean? Like Jason will call yeah. shit out. Jason's, you know, does what he does. But like when it comes to fan relations, I don't know. He's just a little bit better with the PR than Stone is. But again, I also think Stone has just reached that age, which I cannot wait till I get to that age, where he just doesn't give a fuck. He just he just lets it fly. He, like, you think, like I have to wonder, like how many how many mentions or how many times has he been mentioned every game? Right. Do you think like, Steve he got Stone to the cares? Point where he's what, like, guys, stop, stop complaining to me. Do you think Steve Stone <laughs> cares what Soxnut six sixty nine four twenty on Twitter thinks? Like he he gives <laughs> no fucks. Like there. he's not going through the naked HD's timeline. He doesn't care. No. Oh, like, he actually that, might be. Remember when someone found that on his Twitter account? Like he liked a bunch of like uh, oh, yeah. bondage sites and shit like yeah. that. He was following like all that I shit. I think there's like this one. Yeah. 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 Stone might be. Those might be Stone's comments. Those. those. I mean, did you not see the pictures of him in like the seventies? I, I mean, I think I think Steve Stone. Steve Stone might, might subscribe to Nick yeah. Steve Stone's gone to a swingers club. I'm sure. Oh yeah, he's definitely. <laughs> sure, yeah. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Steve. He gives he gives swinger club vibes, like where he put on like the greased up the oil on the chest, yes. right? Popped it out Steve, a little bit, rolled in a butterfly collar, yeah, tucked Steve it in. Probably. Definitely, Steve has been involved in like a couple things where he's woken up. And By the way, like, you know who's the happiest? The, room. the happiest about the Steve Steve Stone situation, Rick Hahn. Yeah, oh, who, who are people are doing it right now? Steve Stone, right. not Rick. That might be Steve's plan. Steve might just be like, listen, I'll just Team take because I just run cover, that's yeah. all. Yeah, because I just don't give a fuck. So I'll be the asshole on Twitter. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe. Who knows? While Rick Hahn is like on his burners, being like, guys, Rick Hahn's doing a great job. No, no. We, Hans, we had a seat at the table. Hahn's burners is saying, like, man, Steve Stone sucks. We should all hate him. Definitely not <laughs> yeah. Rick Hahn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go get him, guys. Oh, go get him. Go get him, Katy Perry's booty hole. Go, go <laughs> after him. Go, go get him. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, and it, literally, as we said that, they just showed two fans in Angel Stadium wearing the Steve Stone fan club shirts. There you go. This is just our timing is impeccable tonight. It really is. We're we're nailing it. Uh oh man, this team fucking kills me. And it's so frustrating because it's so many things that seem like easy fixes. And I know they're not easy fixes because it's a major league baseball team. But how, why is it so hard for them to find a fucking second baseman? Why is it so hard for them to find an outfielder that's not a first baseman? Why is this so fucking hard? Like, why? And I, I know they're hurt. I know there's injuries. But they still are playing Gavin Sheets in right field. Like that's, that's the thing nice, you think but... about it. Even if they were healthy, like you would still have a subpar defensive outfielder out there. Like you'd still have Eloy in left, and then oh, AJ Pollock. You move AJ oh, Pollock okay. from left to right. Actually, good point there, although because that's another thing I want to think about, talk about. So Eloy's played a couple of games now in Charlotte. Actually, hit a home run right before we went live. About mm-hmm. time. Because all he had till that point was all base hits. Or a do- like, he didn't he get one double three. off the wall? No, a single. He didn't he run. Wall, he couldn't run, so he's like, yeah. But he's going to be six of nine players in, who are going to be on that injury plan. In all of Illoy's starts down in Charlotte, though, he has yet to play the field. He's DH every time. Is Eloy ever playing the field again? He should. I, I told you guys since last year he shouldn't. No. And, I think... and again, it's not even that he's like horrible. I think he's average. But he no, just he does dump he does dumb shit that gets him hurt. Yep. Yeah, I, he's he's just not athletic. He's a strong guy with good hand eye coordination. I just 
he's just clumsy. That's I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think you know that's like a hot take or anything. No, like that, but but I don't think I think when he comes the the way they're gonna get the most out of Aloy and the way that he's gonna have the most bountiful career possible is if he's just a career DH. Yeah. He's just a career DH. I think I know what was it two years ago when someone they started floating that idea. He's like, I want to play the field. It fucks with my hitting if I don't play the field. Like blah 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 blah. I mean, this is again Jose Abreu. Somebody needs to sit down and be like, listen, dude, you want to help this team? Just hit bombs. You you Just, getting injured all the time is hurting our team. Yeah, <laughs> you get you making us like bat Danny Mendick fourth or like you know what I mean it's just like this is not helping you need to go and just hit bombs your only job from the now for the next fuck Eloy could be in the league for probably you know eight ten more years if you just DH'd Eloy all you have to do for the next ten years of your life is just try to hit the ball as far as you fucking can every four times a game you can play around in the dugout you can make little cup binoculars and do gum bubbles and all that other shit whatever the fuck you want to do but you just have to go and hit bombs. Stop worrying about the field. You briefly brought him up earlier, but uh, so like I think the ten day the ten days already passed, and, and I haven't heard it or seen anything either. Like, is yes, Manny Grandal rehabbing? I don't. Know. I, don't he, I, he up I have not heard one update about it. It was back spasms, and then it was like, oh, I got that under control. I'm just gonna chill though and like heal up a little bit, and then it just was. You never heard from him again. He's like Poochie from The Simpsons. He died on his way back to his home planet. And I think he was he's saying too, gone. like, like he was still feeling stuff from his knee surgery. Yeah, right. Even before he got hurt, he was saying, "I'm not hitting well because I'm feeling the after effects from the knees." And so, it's and, the fact that we're not getting updates. We haven't even gotten like the the standard Han lawyer talk right. about it. You know, where he comes out and just like runs around in circles for five minutes, and then yeah, <laughs> we haven't even gotten that yet. So I honestly have no idea. I mean, Reese McGuire and Sevy have been fine, but we're supposed to have an all-star catcher. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild. Someone put it up and it's crazy. Sometimes when you think about it, when you actually see shit like laid out, like I sent you guys that graphic with all the pitchers, the pirates have traded away in the last decade. Like, but someone put up the, the white Sox opening day projected starting lineup. Like if no one was hurt and it was like hurt, Hurting, hurting, hurt, hurt, hurting, 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 hurt, hurt, hurting. And it's just holy shit, man. Yeah. That's like, good. talk about a snake bitten team. Uh, just... But see, that's the thing is that, uh, when you were out for a little bit, uh, a little while ago, when we were talking about like the fundamentals of the team. And like the other part is like they, the White Sox right now, injury is just part of who they are. Yeah. Like, you have players who, you know, we hate the label of the guys, but they're just. At this point, they're injury-prone. And everyone deals with injuries. Have you seen the injuries the Twins have had this year? And they're st- Now, maybe they're not as significant as us, but they've had a lot of injuries too, and they're still in first place. So you can only use the injury excuse for so long when you're unperform- underperforming as badly as they are right now. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Mm, it's upsetting, man. That's where I guess we come full circle to... This is probably one of the most frustrating teams I've watched in my life. Because and I mean, 
this stretch coming up to the all-star break i mean you get the i think it's what two series against the twins one one against uh cleveland i think don't they go to san francisco real quick oh, yeah, san francisco, then minnesota yeah. at home and that's yeah. the, like against the twins those games if you split like a split is terrible you don't make up any ground nope. so like, you you like you need to like win series which again the white sox just can't do right now they they haven't had a consistent like have they won two series in a row no it's always just when you think they're turning the corner one step forward and then three steps back and that's why even like last night like two weeks ago i've been like oh this is the spark they need to turn it around like i ain't falling for that anymore it's fool's gold fool's gold absolutely seven four final tonight don't stop now boys let's go ross mullen i like it i like it i would if they can win two in a row, I would just be ecstatic because, I mean, they had that good series against the Tampa, Tampa Bay. They won that series. They lost the series to the Dodgers. They lost the series to the Rangers. They swept the Tigers. They lost the series to the Astros. They won the series to, in Toronto. Then they lost the series to Baltimore, and now they're 1-1 with the Angels going into tonight. Yeah. I mean – Again, obviously, it sounds like I'm being just completely negative, but just being playing devil's advocate here. So, huh. like, let's say you get, hold on, you hold get on, to hold the on, hold on, hold on. I did oh. not. I was not aware of this. They just put the stat on and during the broadcast, the White Sox are 35 for 37 in stolen bases this season. Yeah, uh, Tim Anderson, like Luis Robert. Well, I, yeah, I I said this last. Like, they got guys that can steal bases. They got to run more. I think yeah. like, when they're not hitting, get guy put pressure on the defense. Get guys in scoring position. Like yeah. there's no reason Tim Anderson shouldn't have so 30 bases a year. The, the rest of the schedule looks like this. After tonight in LA, they go to San Francisco for three games, Minnesota at home for three, Detroit at home for four, Cle- in Cleveland for four, and then they finish the first half of the season in Minnesota for four. Yeah. And you can they can be in first place in the AL Central by the All Star break. But on the other side, they could be in dead last. Not even like that, because like again, like they own the tight the Tigers are bad. Um, shouldn't have. We said that about Baltimore them. though too. So I'll I'll put <sighs> many wins in the win column until I see it. <laughs> but so, no, but so, so like let's say you get to the All Star break, you get past those series against Minnesota and Cleveland, and you're still in third place, and all of a sudden you're nine games back. Like, well, what are you even thinking at that point? Like, oh, it's 2016 again. Because <laughs> like that the thing is, only, yeah, the, the whole the, the thought of like, oh, they could be sellers. Like that's the other thing. Who are you going to sell? There's only one name. Like there's only one guy that's going to be a free agent after this year. That's like a huge guy, and that's only a brave. And there's there's no way that you want to ruin that relationship, right? Because like he loves Chicago. He loves being with the White Sox. He, He's yeah, not going to want to get traded. Nope. I don't. I just. I know we all said this about like Michael Jordan. No, I just don't. I cannot picture Jose Abreu in a different uniform. I just can't. Yeah. Which they won't, but like it would also send the wrong message to free agents that you got a guy that's put in all this time. He's been productive. He wants to stay, and then taking pay cuts. That's mm-hmm. the pay cut. He's taking pay cuts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like he's done literally everything that you could ask from a player, and if you traded him, it'd be a bad look. So I guess I mean I guess that's the, the positive or I mean the worst case scenario for the White Sox is that no matter what you're still gonna give this Rakan is still gonna give this he has to he's stuck where 
no matter what, you're going to be in a position where these are the guys and they just eventually better fucking get going. Yeah. Because, like, you can't, you can't really trade it anymore. Yeah, but man, pretty. but that's the thing. We're like, man, they have not played good against Minnesota. They haven't played good against Cleveland. Wow. It could get it could get really ugly. Guys. Speaking <laughs> of Cleveland, Cleveland was down six to three going into the bottom of the tenth. They just won in a walk off. Yeah. And like the, the Cleveland too. Like the, I mean, they're uh, mentally Crazy. they've been overachieving. They got swept by Boston this past weekend. Yeah. Well, Boston's um, turning around a little bit too, though. Boston's Boston coming into hot, Wrigley yeah. this weekend. Boston's but, been riding a heater a little bit too, but it's just I need them to make some kind of move. I, I if if they sit on their hands this year and don't do anything at all. Rafael Ortega? Ian Hap. Ian, I'm I'm more than fine with Ian Hap. I'm more than fine with the internet. How about that story we read? I shared with you guys today were the three biggest mistakes the White Sox uh, think the three biggest mistakes they were glad the White Sox didn't make. And it was Javi Baez, that uh, Simeon, and then Robbie I don't Ray. agree with that shit, man. Yeah, that was a ter- uh, no I, offense I to whoever wrote it, but that was brutal. I just don't agree with that shit because Javi like, Baez, yeah, I, you can make it. Well, one, I think Simeon will be better in this lineup and it's a hitter friendly park. Javi Baez would at least help with the defensive aspect and he'd fit right in with the lack of offense of this team. So, like, yeah, like, that's, like the Javier Baez thing, I don't even think he was ever an option for the White Sox. So, like, that was just no, like. He wasn't. That would be like yeah. me saying, like, oh, you know, the Cubs. Uh, and Robbie Ray, like, the starting rotation. agent that was asking for more than a million, although, is yes, that finish your yeah. sentence. Any free agent asking for a million or more. And this is, they sent Say Suzuki. Um, but, yeah, no, it's like, if Robbie Ray, was, that's the thing. If the White Sox, if they would have just been cutthroat from the very beginning, be like, Dallas Keuchel, you fucking suck. You're off the roster going back to, like, out of spring training. And if they would have had a guy like Robbie Ray, who they so supposedly was, wasn't that the Bob Nightingale tweet that they were looking for guys like Robbie Ray and uh, uh, and Simeon, and they ended up with Vince Velasquez and Josh Harrison. If Robbie Ray is in your rotation, they're in first place. Just just think of just think of like the the domino effect that it created. I don't know about that though. No, because th- think about it, Mitch. The start think of all the starts that Dallas Keuchel had in the beginning of the year. And then think Oof. about how he would only go like one or two, three innings, and then it would burn the bullpen, and then that goes into the next game. There is a domino and then it effect there. The next game. Yeah, that there, is true. There, yeah. there is a domino effect there, but you throw like, maybe, Okay, maybe not first place, but they would be like above 500. They wouldn't be. Jesus Christ, Otani, look, he's making these kids look like they're little leaguers. And even the Simeon thing, like, yeah, the, the Rangers overpaid, but, like, that's what happens in free agency. You overpay for everybody, guys. Like, I, come on. You, you, we've, been, we've been doing yeah. this. Does this. The Cubs did in 2015. You got to overpay. Like, Hayward didn't pan up, but you, you add your Hayward. You add your Lester. It's like every championship team, when you're done with the rebuild, you add the finishing touches. Like, the, the Astros. Textbook example, they bring in a Justin Verlander, who they spent a ton of. So, like, it's, it's what you got to do. You're going to have to overpay for some guys. It's, what you, it's the price you have to pay to win a championship. You need like to finish that, not just That's for. the one thing I ever get from fans. It's like, oh man, this guy is overpaid. He got too much money. It's like, all right, then don't complain when you you your GM Nicklin dimes, and then and then you have like mediocre guys starting the majority of your games because they're being financially responsible. Like, to, you can't have it both ways. To Fizz's original point, though, about those type of articles, like guys are just better fits 
on different teams. It just doesn't work sometimes with different teams. But mm-hmm. to say like, oh, look at what Marcus Simeon's doing in Texas, we dodged that bullet. I don't agree with that at all, though. Like, not even in the least bit, because Marcus Simeon could have came back to the White Sox, been way more protected in a hitter-friendly park, as Mitch pointed out, mm-hmm. and blew the doors off this fucking season. Like, it's just an all, it's all circumstances, clubhouse fits. There's a lot of things that go into that. And so to say something like that, I just don't think is really well thought out. And again, I get the hustle, man. Believe me, I've been doing this for over a decade. You know, sometimes it's tough to create content and you just kind of have to go with something. I get all that. But, like, on the same level, I'm not going to agree with everything that's out there. And I just – I don't agree with that angle when it comes to this kind of stuff. That's why I still, to this day, will sit here and say the White Sox should go after Adam Frazier. I still you, think it would be a good fit in this team. You just gave the same argument that I've been giving – all year since the season started and even deeper, you know, even, you know, since they've, you know, not come out of the gate super hot that what cup fans used to um, tell themselves that the Cubs made the right moves and won, won the trade deadline last year, you know, while the Cubs were like in second to last place, it's, you know, Javi's not playing well in Detroit. Rizzo's not doing great, which by the way, Javi and Rizzo are now on fire and yep. Rizzo's possibly going to get Rizzo's on pace to hit, to, to do something that nobody's done. Rizzo will be an all-star going to hit 30 homers, 30 some odd homers this year. He's going to be an all-star. You got Javi now is starting to do what Javi does, which is heating up again. KB's finally getting healthy again. You're talking about guys that have, you know, it takes, you don't, you cannot say what a player will do when inserted into any environment. A guy could go in there and thrive because it pulls out the best of who they are. Um, Perfect example. Yes. Or it could play to all of the things that are their ghosts and demons in their closet. And, it makes them the worst them. So again, I mean, look, it, you can't project what it would be like to be on a winning team. That's in a pennant race compared to a dead to the neck up, you know, last place team. It's a massive difference. You see how guys perform when they are on bad teams versus good teams, bad teams get the back end of a rotation most of the time because well, they're bad teams. So better opportunity to face worse pitching and have success or worse parts of, you know, and, and obviously I think at pitching, it's a little bit different, but offensively, I think that that's such a that's fool's goal to think that a player would be the same when they were. I think it would be foolish to think that Javi would be as bad. I hate to, you know. I'm, I'm, you guys know I'm critical of Javi. You know I am always. No, and get the fuck I out of here, you. I, Javi would not be this bad if he was still with the Cubs. Javi would be doing what Javi constantly does with the Cubs. I, I don't think that it would have changed. You change someone. This is his third team in less than a year. It's his KB's third team in less than a year. It's Rizzo's only second team. Look who's having the most consistent production. Right now, the guy that returned to the team that he was with last year, he's comfortable. He already knows the routine. The other two guys are building up routine. Simeon's just building up his routine, and now he figured it out in Texas. Now he's going to be what he is, which is dangerous. He's he's been lighting it up in June, you know. And so these are things that that people always. I, that you just made that argument though that I've been dealing with. I feel like I'm like a broken record on Twitter because everyone so, wants to say the Cubs won the trade. There's no winning trades until five years later. You'll to never that, to that exact point though, as we approach this trade deadline, which I think is one of the most vital trade deadlines the White Sox have faced in recent years, they need to start looking for those guys that are square pegs and round holes, guys that just don't fit with the current places they're at. And that is why I keep bringing up Adam fucking Frazier. I feel like Adam Frazier would be a fucking cheap deal right now, which the Mariners, who knows what the fuck they're doing. They just traded for Carlos Santana, which I was well, like, Well, no, that's what? the thing. The Mariners. I was like, what are you, what, you guys are the, for The it? Mariners in a, like, are are in a similar doing? spot as the White Sox. Yeah, that's true. 
But like the Mariners, I think they have almost the same record. As Adam, the the Mariners Fra- are going to be trying to buy good players. Adam Frazier's numbers are worse than Larry Garcia's. Oof. I mean, I, I don't have him in front of me, but I know he's one of the worst on-base percentages in the league. I know he's top 10, top 10 in the or top bottom 10 in the league. Bottom there 10. you go. Fuck. Learn how to talk, <laughs> kid. But uh, I really think that he's the type of guy that they can get for cheap. And... Uh, uh, I mean, just, and... I was talking about the trades and like this again. This just goes up, back to the uh, roster construction and the lack of plan and you know mm-hmm. outlook on the season from Rick Hahn. And it goes back to that article and uh, you know not to pile on, but like the premise of that was like, oh, they dodged these bullets. But like, no, Rick Hahn didn't do anything. He didn't sign anybody else to counter that. It's not like it's like, oh, well, hey, they, the Rick Hahn did a good job. You know, he didn't like. Uh, he dodged this bullet, but hey, look, he signed this guy. Like his oh. his most productive player is Josh Harrison, who's only been good for the past three weeks. Josh Harrison should never be the best player on this team. <laughs> let's just let's put that that that's another thing that just drives me insane. Like Fids, that's why I like legit get like upset when you're like, oh, look at how hot Josh Harrison is in June. It makes me mad because <laughs> why the fuck is Josh Harrison the best player on the White Sox right now? Like that's annoying. That's just, and you're not, not, you're not being annoying because it's just the fact that he's the best player on the team right now is why is this happening? Uh, Charlie Blackman. Sure. These are the, I'm talking about when you, when you're bored of shit and you go to Walmart and you just play DVD roulette in the $2 bin and you put your hand in there and just till someone says stop and you pull out the movie you're going to watch that night. And all of a sudden you find a banger that you haven't watched in two decades and it works. Like that's what the white Sox need to do. They just need to actually do their fucking jobs and find someone that's a good fit for this team that is going to be on the low, low when it comes to cost, like an Adam Frazier and fucking just improve the team. I mean, obviously that's everyone's goal at the trade deadline, but I mean, start looking at the teams that are disappointing, like the Mariners. I mean, the Pirates suck balls. Go get Brian Reynolds. He'd be way too expensive, but Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where I'm looking right now at the trade dialogue. Like, yes, I'd want one of these sexy names that are out there, but it's just not happening. The White Sox got nothing to sell, dude. Nothing. And like I was thinking right now, the the other tough part, like because again, like Adam Frazier with the Mariners, the Mariners have been underachieving. The Mariners are the are the are in the exact same position as the White Sox right now. Yes, where they're they've been an underachieving team. They've gotten a little high, a little hot lately. So like they're like within grad or not even, but like you know they're gonna be trying to get into that wild card race, right? Yeah. The, the White Sox are you know within reach of the AL Central. All these teams with that added wild card team, that with that third wild card team, like they're probably gonna be less inclined to sell. Maybe I don't know. So it's gonna be like the the pool kind of shrinks. Yeah, because like Adam yeah, Frazier's maybe last year the Mariners are on. Yeah, he's batting two twenty one, with an OBP of two ninety three, two ninety three, slugging two ninety three, OPS of five eighty seven. Perfect. He's got two home runs, which yeah, I mean. I gotta tell you though, the slide that trade gets done. Sox fans will be pissed. But look at his his twenty twenty one year. That's what I'm I'm going up. I mean. Just last year, before he got traded to San Diego, he was batting 324, 388, 448 with an OPS of 836. Like, 
how is how he is it has the potential that, there. Was it a one year wonder? Uh, 230, 278. Nice. No, 216. He finished the year with a 301 batting average. 2017, 276, 2018, okay, okay. 277. If we're going to do something like that, I would, almost, I would almost go with like a Joey Gallo because the Yankees don't want him. At least he's got some power, which is what we need. I've wanted Joe, Mitch, I know you're new here. I've wanted Joey Gallo on this team for three years. By the way, the White Sox I've, are going to sign Joey, Joey Gallo this offseason, right? I've wanted Joey Gallo for three years on this team. I've, yeah. That would be a good bargain bid. By because, like, at this point, he's I think the Yankees are gonna give up on him. Gold glove outfielder, fucking left handed power bat, and he's a two out, he's not even three out, he's two outcome player. Either straight, it's not a good take. I've seen Joey play since he was what 14. It's Yankee Stadium, it's that pressure, it's just not for everybody. And you know, I don't want exactly what I'm talking about, dude. I don't want to do it, but I'm gonna say it. He comes from a program that we all know here in Vegas that if you push, they will fold. What's so he does come program? from Bishop Gorman High School, and they've won like eight state titles in the last. I was like, say, why does that why does that school ring a bell? They got like a really good football private, team. It's, private, it's the private Catholic school. Yeah, it's they the got private a really Catholic good football team, team or the national top, top yeah. three in the country and basketball t- usually top twenty five in the country and yeah. and they basically are well. It's a it's a again it's a very expensive private school. I mean, they're uh, no St. Rita, but I get it. But but it. Playing, playing in that program, there are probably is some stuff. Joey was prone to getting rattled on occasion. I mean. So, How many I mean, major leaguers have we seen that just don't cut at New York? That exactly. He's not, what he's not the first, is, and he won't be the last. He doesn't. I don't think he. Ex, I don't think he just. I don't think he thrives well with the vitriol, which Yankees fans they love you and they boo you like that. That and I think he might misinterpret um, the boos because you almost got as a Yankees and Mets player. Chasen's even said this a few times because he's been in both pro- franchises now. You almost have to be able to translate what kind. Yeah, that's true. Um, you have to almost like know what kind of boo it was like one boo's like boo which is like how's your wife and kids one was yeah. like ah, like you suck bitch and the other one's like Bleh. it's like i forgot to have coffee this morning it's not me it's not you it's me just, like all i know how to do is boo and he doesn't yeah. know he doesn't know how to like translate that and it's just maybe it's a bad fit i bet you if they could sell them to somebody else which they're gonna have to sell low if they're gonna really do it but it might be better for all parties um you know perhaps wilson Contreras trade maybe maybe they send him to the cubs in return for Wilson Contreras, maybe that's what the Cubs do in that part of that. As part of that, Wilson Contreras would be a massive overpay for Joey Gallo. I mean, well, plus some prospects. What do we one for one? Zach? Joey Joey yeah, Gallo be... is not worth Wilson Contreras and prospects. No, no, he, it's, it, no he's oh, not Joey. Okay, okay, all right. I was yeah. like, Joey Gallo and some Yankee prospect <laughs> for. I was Wilson. all confused, dude. Someone besides me. For some more of those prospects, even you want to throw in that swole Hulk dude. That's the that thing. Really I feel like I feel like the White Sox can get Joey Gallo for like pick three pitching prospects. Like the Yankees love pitching prospects. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Why not? Fuck it, I'm on board. Another name that keeps getting brought up that I'm all about, Mitch Haniger. But again, Mariners don't know what team they are, so I guess I don't think they're selling. I think they're gonna go yeah. for him. You know, there's a perfect name, but like it's tough doing uh, trades within the division. But like, if the Royals are, I think I saw his name today, Benintendi. Whip, if they're give me Benintendi or Whit Merrifield all fucking day, I've wanted Whit yeah. Merrifield on the South Side for 50 years. I want Whit Merrifield. He, I don't know. 
He'd be perfect. Whit Merrifield solves so many problems. He's like a good Larry Garcia. <laughs> he can play outfield. He can play second base. But again, like those are tough because like how often do you see a, a, a there, trade of consequence within yeah. the division? And the Royals are another. T- I think the Royals are definitely gearing up for a big rebuild. That hence the Carlos Santana trade. But like the Royals are like this, uh, the for Royals all the Cubs fans the who Royals say like just, oh re- rebuilding is fine. Up. Look at the fucking Kansas City Royals after 2015. That's yeah, not perpetual rebuild. Perpetual rebuild. It's it's annoying, dude. But By the way, so there I'm I my drinking game was Whit, Whit Merrifield was my drinking game like what four years ago? Aldo. Yep. Yeah. I wasn't so bad with the Cubs, so bad back then. I I, I feel you on that. I just feel like he's a great player. He is. I, and he he checks a lot of boxes. So I, I, he, I like I mean, this. He, he had like a couple playing. underperforming years with the Royals, but this year he's been great. He's a, He's a good leader. He's a locker room I'm just guy. trying to think of other guys like that. I don't know. We got to go like – I said – we weren't – White Sox can't even like go to like Marshalls right now. We're going straight thrift store. Like <laughs> – and we're going to the thrift store on Green Tag Tuesday when it's fucking half off. Oh, wow. So – Yeah. I mean uh, – when, when Rick Hahn goes – when Rick Hahn walks in to go find some free agents, you hear this. No, you don't. Never. Damn you, Macklemore. Oh, supposed to be Macklemore. I know. I'm so Did, glad I'm, you didn't get to play Macklemore on this show. I mean, I know, I know, but I mean, you know that when when Macklemore when, pisses so me I, off. I think I saw your list of top rappers. Macklemore was number one. Is that true? Oh yeah, big time. You know what sucks about that guy is he gets famous for a, a song about the thrift store, and now he has his own line of golf clothing. That <laughs> what? Actually, he has his own line of like golf apparel, and it's actually kind of dope. But I went and looked at it; like a shirt's like one hundred and thirty-five dollars. <laughs> it's like Brand what, name, baby, brand. Yeah, like smart. where are you coming from, with dude? You, yeah. Him and him and Little Dicky are the two. Like those two dudes. Mm. Uh, little, little Dicky's the best. Mm, let's not disrespect Little Dicky. Like little Dicky's way better than Macklemore. Oh no, I know. Have, did you see the episode <laughs> there, Macklemore on a, on the show where Macklemore shows up? Yeah, that is where he's playing the birth. Like that was, like, yeah. it was insanely good. I, if you're yeah, ever okay. bored. If you're ever bored, look up Little Dicky's freestyle on Sway Show, and like from like mm-hmm. 2018 or 19, it's just insane. It's one of the best yeah. freestyles. Anyway, yeah, Macklemore was a huge heroin guy. Um, what rapper wasn't at some point in their career? Yeah, it's all part yeah, of the process of being successful. It's fair, but fuck, man. I was just the reason I just cheered was uh, Luis Robert just had a really good at bat against Otani, and he ripped the ball down third baseline. Whoever plays third for the Angels right now. Great diving catch on a hop behind the third base, but Luis Roberts fast as shit. So I feel like the same the same the same Twitter account that said that they that we should that the White Sox should have traded Andrew Vaughn and Kopech for the pitcher and uh, off that uh, is the same one that said that Luis (laughs) Robert Luis Robert was overrated and was basically what did he the the comparison was um don't talk shit about beef Puig I think they called him Puig um I think it was the same account I feel like it was. But, I'm looking at yeah. James Fox's no. timeline right now. I'm trying to look for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not him. No, it's no, no, not no. him. It's not him. Someone else. Someone else. Someone else. No, I'm still looking at his because that's the only guy you send tweets about to our chat. No, no. His was setting down. He wanted to send Vaughn down while while Tony was trying to develop. So he just didn't understand the development part of baseball. That was his. And point. I also think he, he was in, a big fan of Vaughn. Big in fan regards of Vaughn. to your little spiel there with him, I feel like you're both right, but you also have both have holes in your. Argument. By the way, remember but, when Yasiel Puig was like you have holes in your face. Target number one for White Sox fans. Um, <laughs> you actually a couple of them. Yasiel Puig is a piece of shit. 
So, anyways, oh, true. he won't even come back to the states as soon as he steps foot on uh, uh, yeah, U.S. soil. He gets hit with the sexual yeah. assault charge. Uh, Bill Murray's golf clothes are actually somewhat affordable. Macklemore's are just ridiculous, dude. You know who's you know whose golf clothes are like really, really well priced? Oh, oh, oh. Abreu. Wait, I thought Sheets yeah. actually did something. Uh, Abreu's golf clothes. Abreu. Uh, a Braves golf clothes is just a, a tank top and it comes with 18 gold chains. I was I was gonna say Bronson <laughs> Dinger golf clothes are fantastic. The Balky brand golf clothes are fantastic. No, the White Sox have runners on first and second. No watch sheets just hit a fucking hosel rocket, but it went right at fucking Mike Trout. And I know Luis Robert ball. very wisely realized, oh shit, there's a goat out there in center field. I'm not gonna run on his arm because Mike threw it in and he would have Definitely got Luis Robert out, but so here we go. First and second, one out. Heart of the one. Well, you got your six hitter up, and my my homie Palak. Oh man, dude, and get the ball. Keep the ball in the air at least. Please keep the ball in the air at least. No ground balls in this situation. First pitch, ninety-eight mile an hour. Fuck you, fastball at his face, and he swung yeah. at it. Yeah. Every time Otani pitches, stay up in the zone. Stay out of that that soft away and down because you're gonna roll something over, and this inning's over. So don't do that. Every time a tiny pitches or like hits like a five thousand foot home run with like the sweetest sound. How much in money did how much money did Otani get from Asics? He rocks his shoes, he's got their glove on. Oh, like, I, I gotta imagine I, that that's a lot of fucking I money. I just think about how he said that ninety eight miles an hour down the middle foul ball. How Otani said that the Cubs were one of the finalists for him to sign and then he went to the Angels. What what's up with that other dude that the Taibo? Uh, Suzuki, what what happened to him, dude? He's on rehab now, right? Rehab. He broke his fingers up. Oh, okay. She's on rehab, going to Iowa this week. He'll be right. back. Uh, he got two years, eight point five million dollars from uh, a, no, that's not right. This is baseball contract. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do a quick test because I just never really wanted to even. Like I didn't want to tease myself, but the MLB free game of the day today is the White Sox and Angels. Let's see how growing the game, Major League Damn. Baseball. Let's see how free it is. Otani yeah. Otani makes twenty million dollars a year in endorsements. Ooh, not bad. Yep, there it is. So when I try to watch the free game of the week, I get the push notice that says we have determined that this game is unavailable in your area. How are you blocked in Vegas? From That's so we are blacked out from Padres, Angels. Dodgers, Giants, um, Athletics, and Diamondbacks. Well, we're lucky we don't have watches. We, we're but, lucky we don't have Seattle as a blackout too. I we are no close. The closest of those is I think Anaheim at 208 miles. We are 208 miles from the closest. I know Iowa fans feel this pain with Cubs and Sox too. I think so. Um, for like a lot of teams. Uh, Black like just struck out, but have no fear because Larry Garcia is up. I mean, he's going to get a hit. You know it's all right. He heard you. 101 mile an hour at his knee. What do you think the live odds would be of Larry Garcia driving in a run here would be? <laughs> live odds, I'd throw it at. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Josh Naylor hit the walk-off home or walk-off hit for the Indians. They Did just he? showed him. He just grabbed a dude that's wearing a helmet and gave him a full-on Latimer headbutt. Like, no helmet to helmet. Is Josh Naylor the number one? Is he like a new, like, just hated player now? From yeah, fuck Zion? him. He, he gets a big old fuck you from me. But 
86 mile an hour slider. Big old whiff. Keep swinging, kid. Maybe you'll catch a cold. Um, a friend of the show, Chris Bryan's two for three with two runs tonight. Yay. Sorry. I just noticed that. From oh, Lily back. Yumper. To the country, Kyle right. Hendricks. And what is Ooh. a realistic hole? They, should, they owe it to Maybe. Kyle Hendricks to put him on a contender. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I said that today. Actually, I tweeted that today. I agree. It's tough, though, because Kyle Hendricks has been yeah, bad this year. Um, he'd be a, he'd be one hell of a four or five starter on a contender though. Yeah, I'm he, you, like, now, you put him on a contender, everything sharpens up. He's playing with a debt again. You, this dude deserves better, but this dude is also stuck on a team that literally there's just. In terms of uh, trying to think of, but that's I, I'm only bringing up that he's been bad. Like in terms of like, what can the Cubs get for him? Because obviously other teams are going to be like, well, he's been shitty. Why are we going to give you anything good? So that's kind of tough. That's the tough part there. I really don't care um, though. I, I don't care about the return for him. He deserved. They 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 owe him. To send him somewhere to contend, even if you get a bag of sunflower seeds, don't but be. If he a doesn't dick. want to leave, well, if he doesn't want to leave, then he stays, of course. But if he if he wants to go to play on a contender instead of How just you know, waiting out, wait out his time with a, uh, a team, I think he's like at fourteen and a half. He still has uh, another year. Next year is his last year of his deal, and then I think he has a team option after that, or a mutual option maybe. And the Cubs don't uh, look like they're going to contend in two thousand next year, so why not get somewhere else? Go. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's not a free agent to twenty twenty four. Yeah, it'll be 35 at the time. Right now, he, he's he's making 14 mil this year. He makes 14 mil next year, and in 2024, it goes up to 16 mil. Yeah, I'd love to like, see that's that guy the... San Diego. Like San Diego would be, I feel like would be great for him. I mean, if I'm him, I'm just chilling unless they trade me because it's 14 well, million dollars. Do... Be... Well, he's gonna get it anywhere. That's true. So, but I would, I don't know. It depends if you want to compete or if you're just ready to, if you're just cool, just showing up to the ballpark every day, win or lose, it's, who cares? And that's fine. I don't, you know, good. He's earned that right too, I guess. Cubs are in a, in a, that's how the Cubs organization kind of feels right now. It's like, eh. So, yeah, again, there's just like, no, you have, you, as a Cubs fan, you have no first and second, two outs, thinking. full count to Larry Garcia. What's he doing on this pitch? Strike three. No, ground out to second. I was going to go ground out to second. I'll say pop out. I'll go pop out. Give him credit. He's worked the seven pitch at bat already. This is the second hey, time. Guys, stop shooting like, oh. a lure. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to forever. <laughs> and, oh, check swing, foul ball. But um, that was the funniest when he hit that home run and people were like, oh, Larry Garcia, shut up, Sox Twitter with one swing of bat. I was like, I'm not going to shut up because and then he did the interview like two days ago he talked to uh he was just doing a general media thing and he's like yeah it's real frustrating because i know i suck right now i was like yeah, yeah we were <laughs> at least you're like, at least you're self-aware dude like <laughs> fuck man i'm glad you know it too because i'm he's glad like, he I, didn't uh blame the coaches like uh albert Elmore jr who, uh, i wonder if my stream would have been faster than your stream tonight watching this live broadcast because i'm closer to foul another one he's battling He's Look better. at him. Okay. That's Get a that quality AB right there. I will give the White Sox credit. We are in the top of the fourth right now, and Otani is at what, pitch. 73 pitches. Ooh, yep. That is great. In the, for the, in for the, the White Sox, that, that's a big yeah. win for them. Because if they can get to this bullpen only down two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know those are because of Leary Garcia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be too good because he might be leading off tomorrow then. Yeah, hey. probably will. <laughs> Every pitch he sees is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a look at word, yeah. through the walk at a baby. Oh, oh, look at that, Zoe. What's up? Who's gonna hit the granny? Who's gonna hit Hold the on, granny? I'm still on delay. I just need to see this. And oh, 70 just missed too. Oh, my goodness. So, who's up now? Harrison? Uh, no. 
No, it's a uh, yeah, Harrison. It's okay. <sighs> it's my dog. Let's go. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, he's one of the hottest players on the team right now this month. So, okay, I'm going to ask you, what more is it going to take for you to be back in on Harrison? A grand slam here and then him to get traded. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what about Ian Happ? Another year with another year of control, what would be the return? I think Ian Happ gets you the most out of this team. Yeah. Because Ian Happ's been well, Contreras is, is a season. and Contreras, Contreras is a free agent after this year, right? Yeah, that's a, that's that's the tough part with Contreras because he two. is a free agent after this year. It's a catcher, DH. So yeah, he's got two. Happ's arb arb one, so he's arb two next year, I think. Uh, I know he's I gonna got, be a free agent after next year. He's gonna be yep. arb three next year. I got um, five U.S. Three, dollars yeah. currency that Harrison strikes out here. Oh, and on, just so, so you know, I'm, on my TV right now, it's an 0-1 count. I mean the Wait, velocity. Mitch, Mitch down Kevin, don't don't throw. Kevin, you can't watch. But Mitch, Mitch don't, don't don't ruin he's it. Not, he's not sitting at triple digits anymore. These are these are ninety eight mile an hour fastballs, not right. hundred. I got a, I got an O two count. Mitch is giving me the eye like you just lost five bucks, dude. <laughs> but it's all no, right. it's no, I still got an O two count too. So all you're right, good. Right, right, I haven't right. stayed I thought you were giving me the little stinker face there, like oh, I just no, I just smokes. I, don't know, I, just Hap, I mean, honestly, Ian Happ would be a perfect fit with the Yankees. So, I don't know. Look for some of the good prospects for the Yankees. Miguel Duhar. And we got a ball. We're one and two. Okay. Okay. So, what do you think is one two count? Is he going to get another one on the dirt? Or are you going to go upstairs into the up, no? Up, because up, 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 he yeah. just he just blew his doors off with two fastballs, and then he, he tried to get it cute with a breaking ball, <laughs> and that's that was ball one. So if, upstairs? I, if I'm Otani, I'm throwing ninety eight right at his face because yeah. he's just going to swing. Yeah, let her high. Yeah, let her high. I'm going right at his side right now. Change his eye level. Oh, he went fastball outer half and fouled it off. Dickhead, I'm still on delay here. 100.4 mile an hour fastball, too. Yep, 100 mile an hour. That would have been a strike if you didn't swing. Hey, Kevin, are you just watching the game day? Am I really that delayed? I'm behind game day. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm literally watching this on YouTube TV. Oh, me too. I'm actually watching tomorrow night. I'm watching tomorrow night's game right now. Uh, so. Dude, no. YouTube TV is like 30 minutes behind any game. I, I didn't think anything could be worse Not than the Hulu live, but yeah, you guys are way behind. I'm like watching on ESPN just the game day and the at bad. And there's I'm strike sorry. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been waiting on that one for you. Yeah, yeah. you want to spoil strike three? You all owe me five dollars. That way, is the end, one thing I do hate the about movie, the, all everything being like uh, online streaming now is that when you try to watch any sporting event, do not go on social media because you're yeah. going to be behind. By unless you're just unless you're I'm at this point I'm cool with it being spoiled. Shit, and turn off notifications from like the MLB app. I mean, well, during that, the that's playoff, little, like, the pull back the curtain a little bit. I'll be watching the game. I'll get a, a notification from MLB. They'll be like, Luis Robert home run. And before I even see it, I'm doing the tweet about it. And then I'll see it on the TV. But like, here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. But uh, yeah, he just struck out. That's uh, another runner's left in scoring position. Um, How many tonight? Although again, Otani leaves the game at eight, or not leaves the game, but gets out of the fourth. I don't see. I don't. I would. I don't know if they, they'll pull him back out for the fifth because he they, usually the, do that, does he? The way they've been handling him, I don't think. And Take a look I at mean, this. with the with the Otani rule though, he can stay in as the DH, right? 
Yeah. Yes. Let's see yeah. game logs. Uh, pitching. All right. So usually, does this show how many pitches he threw? So that's tonight. Last time he threw eight. Oh, well, he did throw eight innings against the Royals. But well, that's because he had like fifteen strikeouts. And he uh, he touched up. Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely gonna come out for the next. You think so? 108, 108 pitches in that game. So he just he's coming off. Uh, he's coming off a one hundred eight pitch outing. So I would there's assume only, that there's only he's one game play. that he hasn't thrown more than eighty pitches. That was against the Yankees when he only went three innings, seventy five pitches, June second. And now he'll throw another one. Yeah, he's gonna go another I, one. I, I I would I, I wouldn't be shocked though if they don't. If he doesn't, it's just because his last outing he went pretty max effort at 108 pitches. But th- before that, it was 93. That was also he is getting an extra two days of rest though. That was a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks like his starts are all spread out seven days. Because yeah, no, no, he's he's ninth, the 16th, the 22nd, the 29th. But but the the fact remains though, like, you should still have a great chance to win this game because he's going to be out of there by the fifth or sixth. Yeah, you should be able to hit the bullpen. The Angels are garbage. <laughs> Pitching wise, yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about since we're approaching hour two of the show, uh, if you're Freddie Freeman, do you shoot your agent in the face? Well, I mean, he already <laughs> fired him, so <laughs> the wild thing that dude was like Jeter's agent, like that dude is like a well respected agent in Major League Baseball. How do you just not tell the guy about the one of that offer? extra scratch? I mean, he must have owed something to someone in LA. I didn't really. Kopik's only had fifty-five pitches. There you go. It'd be nice yeah. to get six out of Michael tonight. I think I posted this though. That does kind of like it adds to the KB thing because if KB was never told about an offer from the Cubs, he'd have fired Scott Moore. Those players would fire you. Fire your agent if they fuck up, no matter how good their agent is. He but has I mean, Derek Jeter's agent, and if Freddie Freeman like that, is the Braves, horrible. dude, that's like, horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Like imagine if. KB got an offer from the Cubs to stay and he never even was told about it. Like that's, that's a fireable offense to someone that wants to stay somewhere. Freddie Freeman sounded like he wanted to stay in Atlanta and his agent hid an offer from him and he's not finding out till he found out this weekend over the weekend. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Someone, I mean, someone, someone obviously was like, watch this. I just, I can't, I mean, the dude is like Mr. Atlanta. Like, how do you do that to him? Like it's so like lit- literally just won the World Series with yes. the uh-huh. team and that he spent his whole career with, and that is insane, man. Like I can't believe that. I mean, they did okay. They, you know, they filled his position pretty well with uh, what's that, Olson? Yeah, the yeah, Kevin Oakland. Yeah. Or Oakland. Oakland. yeah, I mean, they got in on that Oakland fire sale, which the White Sox apparently just turn their phone off for no um, no we got josh harrison out of it oh yeah fuck i wish they turned their phone off for um oh, come on so it's just without josh harrison you guys would be like 10 games under 500 oh who knows what who else they would have picked up instead <laughs> but oh my god it's all like right, come on, a- oh, all right come on though seriously he's been he's been better he's been doing what you wanted him to do get hot like own you know what and I think my problem spot, is? He's been doing it. I think my problem is I tie him with Lurie too much. Mm. I think I put those two together too much. Because Josh has. He's been, you know. But again, I think same thing with Lurie is 
on a contending team, Josh Harrison is a a filling guy, a, a getaway starter. You know what I mean? Like he's not an everyday starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. He is he is benefiting from that P and I bump though, because he's been defended on the show. Yeah. No, I mean he's had a great June. He had a great month. No, it's month. the opposite. We kept shitting on it. We were calling for him to get DFA'd yep. after May. And then almost. Not everybody. All right. Actually, <laughs> fellas, as we come up to the, the two hour mark here, let's let's put a pin in this. So okay, okay. uh make sure you guys go if you're still watching this, fucking bless you. But um I don't his name's Jackson not Clint Fraser, Fraser anymore. Jackson, yeah. Jackson Fraser. Jackson, yeah, his name's not Clint anymore. He's the artist formerly known as Clint Fraser. Um but make sure you check out Mitch's uh latest article about why they won't DFA Larry Garcia. And <laughs> yeah, for all the fids, that's Mitch. Um Zo. Just it's gotta get better, right? So we'll end on that note. <laughs> They hit rock bottom against the Orioles, so it has they to go. Really I mean, there's only one way to go. Yeah. Calling a Sox win tonight down 2 nothing here in the wet bottom of the fourth inning. That it. That it. Live that it. That it. I bet. That it. Promo code pinwheels. Promo code pinwheels. All right, y'all. Be good to each other. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't pull the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.